Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range and You See, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. As you may or may not have noticed, our previous episode kicked off the fourth season of Free Range Idiocy, that little podcast that could, or as it's more accurately described by our families, the biggest waste of time and resources of our entire lives. What? Either way, we decided to celebrate with a little bit more, and, and the first time in damn near 20 years, we went on a road trip across this great land of ours. Well, rolling, rolling, rolling. Actually, we flew for the most part because we're old. Uh, yes, the idiots landed in Colorado in the land of mountains, Coors beer, and legal weed was never quite the same. We're going to run it all down, plus a whole bunch of news in this episode 110, Idiots on the Road. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is a travel tip ninja and a connoisseur of great accommodations. He has been my partner in EDC for over two decades and is a longtime subscriber to Better Sheds and Hovels. I give you the man they call. Greetings and salutations, my friend. Thank you for the kind words on my uh, skills when it comes to finding the accommodations for our journeys. Yes, we will definitely get into that because that was a defining (laughs) part of the trip, shall we say. (laughs) However, more peace kind of toward the end of it, finally. But yeah, it was it was a bit of a it was it was a surprise, shall we say. All around. It was a surprise. Uh, But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, Yes, we are going to cover the the trip that we just took, the reason why we were off for an extra week there. Uh, We went on the road to Colorado uh, to go see a concert at Red Rocks, which uh, I am going to just say right now, uh, I give it 12 out of 10, would highly recommend. Uh, If you ever get the chance, I don't care if there's a guy playing a kazoo and a dancing bear on stage, just go. It's worth it. it. And you know what? It'll probably be the best that dude's ever sounded on a kazoo in his life. And I'm sure the light show will amp up the dancing bear. Although, really, who needs to amp up the dancing bear? It's just kind of cool, mm-hmm. especially if they moonwalk. <laughs> Anyways, um, I lost track of where I was completely, which is a new record for the show, by the way. Oh, uh, before we get into all that, however... We have a little thing here that we like to call the Week in Geek, where we d- kind of dive, the man they call Tim dives into some of these tidbits of things that are going on in the in the geek, uh, the geekosphere, as I will call it, out there on the interwebs. The Week in Geek. It feels so funky. And uh, what do we have this week, sir? Uh, well, let's call this one, uh, if, if we dedicate an entire episode to trying to drain the interwebs of any stories of note and trailers and so forth, well, yes, it didn't work because <laughs> the interwebs produced <laughs> more news than we're going to be able to go through in one Week in Geek segment. So we are going to dedicate this Week in Geek to the man, the myth, the legend, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Yes. You may and ask sh- why. 
just let me note this first because I know that why. everyone's is is now they're still like they're still in the wrapped you know afterglow uh you know post-coital afterglow of the san diego comic-con that was this year and all the stuff that happened and they're, they're they're probably wondering why are we not talking about that stuff and the reason is we've been sleeping most of the past four days to make up for like the three days that we were in colorado so we missed everything yeah. and uh, if you've been out in the interweb in the last couple of days everybody pretty much has that hung up by every extremity and has been milking all that sweet 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 news out we're gonna get we're gonna let that mm-hmm. simmer for a week we're gonna come back with our more reasoned thoughts oh, who the hell am i kidding we're just gonna <laughs> wing it next week anyways and you'll get the same thing but you know what it'll be funnier because there'll probably be fart jokes so anyways yes let's let's get on to vincent kennedy mcmahon oh my gosh what oh, uh, and what may what i just point today, out sir? may i just point out yes this please. all started on friday my birthday so my <laughs> gift <laughs> your gift was Vince the universe ever just being shuffled off to the side that's great was the fact that we well maybe we'll still have vince's shrunken head and cryogenics like you're predicting at some point but vince is no longer no longer part of wwe he has retired he is no longer a part of creative he is no longer a ceo he is walking away he is nothing he is like kane from kung fu he's gonna go walk the earth that's right um what i personally what, <laughs> what i love what i love is the fact that like in in his like tweet on this he's like well i'm approaching 77 it's time to retire like as if this is his decision i love that i just love how you know what Vince is so damn delusional oh. right to the end mm-hmm. i mean in a way, you have to admire that in some small way that he's just like, well, pal, uh, I'm just going to do it my way. No, you're yeah. not, Vince. Like, you're yeah. being pushed out. That It's like the, it's like the guy who's like at the bar and they're like, you got to go. You got All right. And he's like halfway out the door. He's like, fine, I'll leave. And it's like, dude, you're already out the door. You're on the sidewalk as you're saying you're going to leave. You've left. Wait, you are you talking been- about mumbles? Are you talking you about mumbles? For- yeah, let's leave mumbles <laughs> for later. You've been forced to leave already. As Ron White would say, you've been put into public, you know, like, Uh yeah. So Vince is like this whole thing, like, well, I'm going to retire. Okay, whatever, whatever makes you feel good, Vince. Mm -hmm. Jeez. Yeah. Twelve million dollars in hush pump pump up hush puppies. I was going to have Jerry Lawler (laughs) cross in on that for a minute. Jeez. Twenty million, twelve million dollars. Oh, twelve million dollars in hush money payments that we know about. Yeah. You know. Oh, no, I'm going to retire, pal. Okay. Anyways, I'm sorry. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't stop myself. So what is, what are the, what are the details surrounding this, sir? We we have no more, no more Vince to kick around. No, uh, it it was a bit of, well, and it was funny because as we were on the trip, you know, this is is tangential to, to our trip. I mean, this was a conversation we had. We were chatting about, hey, what's going on? We haven't heard anything about the Vince McMahon thing. And we were both like kind of astounded that nothing has come of this because this was yeah. like pretty serious, you know, allegations and, and pretty serious stuff that happened, you know, especially with the uh, potential, uh, I believe misuse of funds, uh, which, which we'll get to in a moment because that's which, a story that broke today. But yeah, um, which I mean, honestly, the thing that I think both of us came up with is that like the longer Vince was allowed to be part of creative because he was still head of creative he didn't mm-hmm. give that up. He gave up being chair, chairman of the board, CEO. Yeah. But he was still head of creative and still at all the all the TV shows. Like 
it's a ticking time bomb that this dude is just going to make a judgment call to walk out on Raw mm-hmm. and vent his spleen. Like, and yeah. we're both like, how in the high holy crap is this? Mm-hmm. Al- are they allowing this to keep going? Yeah. 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 But and now no, it seems the- like maybe they were negotiating or just like, okay, Vince, let's twist your arm a little bit more. <laughs> I thought I was just overtired from the trip and needed to take an afternoon, you know, nap or something like that. Like I was misreading something, but no, it, it popped in and uh, Vince retired. And I was like, wow, I never thought I would like, like, like most articles called out the, like most wrestling articles, sorry, not news articles, but most wrestling uh, fan articles were, were calling out the fact that pretty much it was universally accepted that this man was not going to step down until, well, until it was time for the for the head to go to the cryogenic chamber, apparently. So that uh, was my joke. I I was like, we're never getting rid of this guy. He no, is going to like no. Casey Jones this thing. He's going to have one hand mm-hmm. on the whistle and just drive the thing right into a friggin' mountain. Yep. And wow, wow. Yep. But not to be. And so, uh, and and there 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 was a hint throughout the day of well, maybe he's still going to have, you know, his, his, you know, his, uh, fingers on the, on, on the reins of creative and that sort of thing. And the articles that I posted, uh, and, and I do need to give credit to, you know, for all of these news items, uh, this is a site I have frequented for many, many years, very, very good source of, uh, wrestling insider knowledge, uh, cagesideseats.com, uh, is where all of these articles are coming from. They, they have done the heavy lifting and work. I am simply the Sherpa, if you will. We'll get to that later. Um, conduit for the information a conduit of the information indeed uh but but that that was kind of a, a widely accepted feeling was that yeah vince would ride right off into the sunset on his own terms and uh and that did not happen the announcement came out uh it is also kind of tangential to the whole thing i don't have an article on this but it's pretty much accepted because of uh his i, I believe his involvement in some of this john laurinaitis who is oh, uh, a yeah. former head of talent relations. Uh, he uh, is pretty much on sabbatical and will be out. Mo- I, I don't think they've officially announced him as terminated, but he will most likely be. And then there's more. Well, well, the first thing is they got to go find John out. They got to pick him up under from whatever bus that Vince threw him under and oh, then yeah. pick him up, put him back down so the bus can roll over him again. And then they're going to mm-hmm. huck him out the door into public, mm-hmm. as Ron White would say. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that that's Friday. So Friday, we we so we had the weekend to kind of digest this all and kind of process and 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 think I on. I love how and, you're pretending that I had anything to do with this. Like I was sleeping most of Friday. I'm going to be real <laughs> honest with you. I honestly, I was pretty tired over the weekend. I I don't know why. Um, I you know I, no, I took a couple. I took a couple COVID tests to make sure I didn't pick anything up. You know when we were out and about, and I didn't. But uh, I, I was feeling really run down, and then uh, and now I got my energy back, so I'm, I'm it's all like good. Now. It's like Wayne's World. Like I thought I had mono for two years. Turns out I was really <laughs> bored. Ah, <laughs> uh, so Vince stepping down was yes. uh, Friday, and so in the wake of that, the first bit of fallout from that was immediately announced that uh, Stephanie McMahon will be a co CEO with Nick Khan, who has been. Uh, on the board of directors. And so they will be co-CEOs moving forward. Uh, and, and that was Friday. So that, that was a news announced Friday. So well, and I actually, was thinking. Oh, isn't what? it, and that also in that same thing, wasn't it? Stephanie is, is the chairwoman of the board. 
and then co-CEO. Isn't that yes, two separate you, positions? Yes, you are okay. correct. Chairwoman of the board and co-CEO. Correct. Yeah. And Nick Khan, for for anyone who doesn't know, if you've watched anything in wrestling for like the last two years, like the the uh like monthly uh talent cuts. Oh were, yeah budget related and i'm yes i am using my air quotes and raising my eyebrows at the same time with that one um those are mostly nick khan he's the money guy that's what i mm-hmm. at least what i've gleaned he is the guy who is pinching the pennies and, and keeping tabs yep. on things so this ought mm-hmm. to be real interesting so that was friday and then we get to today so no news over the weekend other than that because let's be honest you know the the king stepping down uh you need some time to uh, process well we get to this morning and uh, around uh, 10-ish a.m., and we have uh, news of Paul Triple H Levesque. Uh, he has now been named EVP of Talent Relations, so he is now in charge of managing uh, all talent-related items. Uh, and that is something that is, uh, you know, I, obviously I think the longtime talent, you know, upper-tier main event talent is, not thrilled with this there there i did leave this out there there was a report uh friday uh and actually we, i was telling you about this that when we we're at the um uh oh no I, I texted it to you i believe when when i was out uh, for dinner friday night but uh brock lesnar apparently yeah. walked out of smackdown uh when the news of vince's retirement broke um not entirely sure why or, or what motivated it, but he did end up coming back and did get factored into the show somehow. Like apparently they just kind of worked him in out of the blue. So that must've been fun, but, um, <laughs> oh, wow. It's, it's just like, man, it's like, uh, he leaves and it's still a mess. Um, so, uh, yes. So triple H is, uh, going to be the executive vice president of talent relations, basically taking over the role held by John Laurinaitis, uh, this is probably, from what I was reading on, on this article, probably well accepted by most of the talent. Um, for for as much of a politician as he was, uh, or backstage politician as he was uh, back during the prime of his career, um, he has proven to be a, a very, uh, you know, truly the game when it comes to building talent, identifying talent, um, you know, did a phenomenal job with NXT and really you know, for six, seven years throughout most of the 2010s, uh, went from a very small, very regional kind of based promotion to making it almost, I I mean, it, it was really on its way to becoming its own brand. Um, and, and you and I often, when, you know, we started this podcast, we would at times wonder when we would do the pay-per-view reviews, whether or not, you know, at some point, Triple H and Vince were going to butt heads because Triple H's little promotion was outperforming anything Vince was putting up there. So, uh-huh. um, so the the future is is looking a little bit brighter, I believe, on the talent side of things because uh, he is someone who um, I believe you know really has an eye for developing talent and working with them. Um, you know, he has his crew of guys, you know, uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, Road Dog. Um, there, there are others who, uh, you know, from his era who, um, you know, probably bring in, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he brings in guys like The Undertaker, um, you know, to come in and coach up, you know, some of the folks and that sort of thing. I mean, you've got a, a he, he's got a big pool of, you know, guys who are now, at you know, done with their careers who I think have a lot of knowledge they can, uh, you know, pass on to, to this, this generation. And so it'll be really interesting to see, uh, you know, him in this role now and, and, and what that means for where they go forward. 
Uh, and then at the same time uh, today, we also had an announcement made, and this one is the most is I shouldn't say the most interesting, but to me it's very impactful. Is he was uh, Triple H Paul Levesque once again uh, was named uh, head of creative, uh, mm. and that is huge because that is what Vince McMahon was doing. So, wow. uh, so John Warnitis and Vince gone, like it's the ultimate corporate thing right now. Like we fired two guys. Uh, we're going to need you to pick up a little slack. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, uh, so again, I, I think for a lot of the insider, uh, you know, wrestling sites, this is viewed as an extremely positive thing. Um, the biggest criticism with Vince was just that he being uh, admittedly by his own tweets, 77 year old man did, did not really understand or have a connection with, uh, you know, kind of the, the cultural zeitgeist of today and, you know, found things that some of us don't really find that funny anymore, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. funny and decided to, you know, slam them into his shows and that sort of thing. Um, not saying Vince was completely, you know, done from a creative standpoint, because, you know, clearly there, there were, there have been events they've put together and put out that have, have, uh, have been very, you know, good and very profitable. But, um, when you come to consistent, when you talk about consistency and longevity, um, I believe I, I go back to what I just said, the 2010s, um, go back and watch any of those NXT events, you know, from, from the Genesis of Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, uh, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. I, I mean, just the, you know, all guys who are now main eventers, those are all the, the fruits of, of, you know, Triple H and his crew kind of bringing these, these, this talent up, uh, and for the ladies as well, so, you know, Sasha Banks, Bailey, mm-hmm. uh, Charlotte Flair, uh, uh, Becky Lynch, um, to name a few, uh, you know, just, uh, tr- tremendous impact on the business from, from really a, a almost behind the scenes perspective. And now, and now he's he's in a fairly strong position of power, um, you know, in the organization now. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see what he does, given what we've seen him do in NXT. And uh, what are your thoughts, sir? I just want to know if like so we're recording this on Monday. I'm just wondering when he stepped into like the creative office, like whatever boardroom or like little side room that they had set up at whatever arena they're at today. I just wonder if like he kicked open the double doors just as like motorhead started playing. It's like, it's Let time me. to play the game and does like his entire <laughs> like ring entrance, like spits the water, the lights are flashing. And then he just very calmly sits down. And is like, all right, boys, what are we going to do tonight? <laughs> I just want to know if that happened because quite honestly, if it were, this is the reason why no one ever gives me a position of authority. Cause I totally would have done that. <laughs> Cause you would do something totally. like this. Of course. Oh yeah. Are you kidding? You make me head of creative when I thought I was like, never, ever going to even like sniff this thing. Like, yeah, I thought I, oh, it was going to be man. Vince's head in a jar carrying this company for the next 4,000 years. Indeed. I'm, I'm going to be dust and, and it'll never happen. And now he's there. Oh, mm-hmm. hell yeah. I'm going to do that. Oh, <laughs> Um, no, I, I think it's, I think it's a great move. I think anything that got Vince away from a creative is a good move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that there is a, you know, they say don't, don't kick someone when they're down, but you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I kind of feel like it tonight. Um, I, I'm not going to say that Vince McMahon isn't responsible for any success. Because obviously he is. He, he's been the guy doing this an awfully long time. The WWE would not be what it is today. Mm-hmm. However, there is also a negative side to that. And there is a case to be made that over the years, 
there's been a lot of success almost in spite of Vince. Yeah. Yeah. That he has by virtue of being the main game around with the exception of what? Five years. Yep. When, when WCW was kind of on its uptick and some of the talent was getting drained away because they had the big pockets and then, then they were winning the Monday night wars for what was like a year and a half, something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And then like a, a little bit of a, a the little downslide after that where it was kind of jockeying back and forth. And then he was right back at the top. By yeah. virtue of that, you've got the best talent for the most part. And it really it took the WCW taking away a lot of his big name toys to get the next level of to get that next wave of stars. Because as yep. we've seen over what, how many years now? Goldberg keeps getting trotted out. They keep oh, yeah. bringing out Brock Lesnar. Like mm-hmm. they, they keep shoving Roman Reigns down your throat. And now that you have, you know, it was, it was okay when Brock Lesnar was a part-time guy and you would come and go as he pleased because, Hey, well, you still got these other guys. Well, now you don't got most of those other guys. And Roman Reigns is now a part-time player. And it's like, what do you got now? You'd, you haven't right. spent any time building these other guys, which is to me, like, it calls into question just how good Vince is at creating that talent, or is it because he gets so much talent by virtue of being the big kid on the block mm-hmm. that it's almost like you can't help but at least have some success. Yep. Yeah. But we've seen how many people like just kind of flake away, you know, I mean, that he could have done something with, but they didn't. No. Or how many how many bad gimmicks have we seen over how much how many how many bad gimmicks were there before we finally got to the attitude era where he had to finally kind of admit like I don't know and a lot of those wrestlers then took create a more creative control over their characters Mm -hmm. and they were kind of the ones doing some of that creative heavy lifting and sure yeah Vince had you know would had something to do with that of course but I mean ah. I mean, anything that gets Vince away from creative to me is great. Yeah. And I think Triple H is a, is a great guy to do it. I think like we, we like you had so aptly said, NXT was doing wonders compared in terms of like actually good matches, good wrestling, you know, building characters was doing great. And as we saw with NXT 2.0, as soon as they got Triple H out of the way, when he started mm-hmm. having health issues, oh, well, we got to go in and change everything. Yep. You know, it's like yep. it's like the prime directive. Yep. You know, change this gimmick, fire that person, screw with everything. That's right. And yeah. It's just yeah. it's it's too bad that it had to get to this point, but at the same point, at the same time like what does this mean for wrestling now? Like man, that whole thing about AEW maybe, you know, in the driver's seat could be real interesting now because you actually have someone who's who might who might have most of his marbles left in right. charge well, of creative now. So the, that's where I was going to go next, and and I actually have to do a quick uh, a quick correction here. So um, sorry, the the EVP talent relations announcement with Triple H was Friday. It is the okay. head of creative was today. So the, ah, I just wanted okay. to be clear about that. Um, the thing I was going to say, I think the biggest, and and again. We, we attribute a lot to Vince because, quite frankly, Vince's name is right up there in the lights for all the success. Yep. So you got to also take the hits when things are not going well. And, you know, the last five to I would say five to seven years have been a study in, um, you know, really misidentifying talent and, and really overlooking very talented individuals because they didn't fit into um, either the process or or didn't fit into the mold. Um 
you know, I, I remember reading oftentimes, you know, especially from a lot of the attitude era, you know, guys like Stone Cold, The Rock, Mick Foley, you know, it was all, you know, see, uh, and coming even close, you know, forward in time, like CM Punk and others saying, you know, you really have to advocate for yourself. And, and Vince really respects it when you kind of step up to him and, and really, you know, argue with him and, and, and really fight for, for what, you know, you think is the right idea. And I don't know if something just changed along the way, but it, it sounds like that, that really wasn't working for a lot of people that there were people who were trying to advocate for themselves. They were shown the door. Um, you have, you know, again, probably the biggest travesty to me is someone like Bray Wyatt, who, um, you know, came up with this gimmick in NXT and, and had this very unique and very visually unique, um, you know, uh, a group of, of the Wyatt family, then reinvents himself a second time, goes on an amazing run and then gets Mm -hmm. jobbed out to Goldberg. And then everything's downhill from there. Um, I, I mean, just it's, it's been, uh, uh, I don't even want to call it a comedy of errors. It's just been a sequence of errors of, of creative mishandling, talent um in in many ways and and if i'm aew i might start getting a little concerned now because they were benefiting from the budget cuts they were benefiting from the fact that creative under vince's you know mind did not see talent or see dollars in some of these guys and they are now the foundation of aew and now some of those guys and i'm thinking of like the tag team ftr that's over there i'm thinking of guys um I'm trying to think of a couple like Adam Cole and and others who, you know, jump ship to AEW. Now it's not so out of the question for them to jump back because Triple H put those guys into very plumb positions in NXT. Mm. He saw potential in all of them. They were the stars of NXT for a very long time. And uh, and so now I just kind of look at that like. I'd be kind of nervous because it's no longer going to be a foregone conclusion that the grass is greener in AEW. The grass might actually start getting greener, starting with Cody Rhodes jumping ship now Mm. under the auspices of Triple H. So I'm I'm very interested now to see uh, where this goes. And and we talked about this going back many episodes. I mean, we you know, as we've sporadically kind of woven wrestling into the week and geek. I've mentioned this like if they could just get Vince out of creative and put in someone like Triple H he has an aptitude for this and he knows how to build something that is compelling. So I'm kind yep. of excited to see where he's going to go. Oh, totally. And, and it makes me kind of wonder that whole thing with like Brock Lesnar. Cause you know, you know, triple H saw the, the writing on the wall. I'm sure some of this, yeah. like the announcement coming today is because it was like, we we're going to do this. We're not going to announce it till Monday. Like, you right. know, we're not going right. to do this whole thing in one fell swoop, or maybe it was somewhat of a note, no, uh, like, negotiations or something i don't know but i, I wonder like triple h kind of having in his in his head like all right i think i'm gonna i'm gonna get uh creative uh you know and uh and seeing Br- brock lesnar walk out triple h go perfect yes go ahead and walk out brock and we will yep. we will make you the biggest heel in the company just for walking away and it clears me a whole bunch of spots like yep. literally walk into walk into the into the locker room like all right who wants that spot mm-hmm. it turns it's almost like it's almost like the dark night when it breaks the pool cue he's like you're a <laughs> aggressive growth you know it's like oh my gosh oh, you know yeah. i don't think oh, yeah. i think brock's gonna be gone fairly soon here i think i think that's that might show them a few things and also i think mm-hmm. that's probably been a known weakness like you're yep. you're building everything on this on these two guys that are part-time players like 
sure, this this is going to end well. You know, well, and, and they when won't Brock, hold you up for money, right? And and when when it was announced that Brock was walking, you know, that he walked out, and and it seemed like a legit thing because it wasn't too long after that that you know articles were popping up about, well, they're talking about alternatives for SummerSlam because Brock was going to be in the main event, you know, against Roman Reigns for the four hundred twenty third time. Um, <laughs> sadly, the alternative that was being thought of was uh, apparently Goldberg. Um, which oh left fans, a- yeah, gosh. which which left fans asking the question, why on earth would you not plug Seth Rollins into that? You know, Seth Rollins against his old <sighs> Shield buddy, they could come up with a way to make that be compelling, be a good main event. But no, they're looking for the the war of monsters, uh, and and I just, oh my gosh, I'm just like shaking my head, like you got to be kidding me. But uh, oh, are we sure that wasn't when Vince was still in charge of create? Like he didn't still have some grasp, and he managed well, to get that out in the fax machine well, right before so, press. No, it's gonna be Goldberg. Someone, oh! I, I I don't I don't have the the blogger's name on on this site. Quick, but somebody someone, shut Vince's email down. <laughs> someone from Cage Side Seats brought up a really good point and said, "Look, WWE is not a car; it's a tank. So it's like yes. you're not going to get immediate change right away." You know what I mean? Like there, there yeah. is a momentum to what's happening right now. And so it, the, the only point in that article is just that as, as positive uh, the news is of, you know, Triple H taking over, it's going to take some time. Like Raw is not going to change overnight. SmackDown well, yeah, is yeah. not going to change overnight. And, pro- and you know, SummerSlam coming up in a month is not going to change overnight. So maybe Actually, we suffer SummerSlam through. SummerSlam at the end of this month? Uh, it's usually mid to end of August, actually. I thought I saw some commercials for it, like on the thirtieth. It, it, it could be they they may it, you know maybe they bumped this, it up sooner or something. It's but this yeah. Saturday, July thirtieth. Is it really? Yeah. Wow, that's that's not what it used to. It used to be like end of. Maybe they figure they make more money when uh, the college kids aren't aren't going to college <laughs> at the end maybe. of August. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not pay per view anymore. Now it's a premium live event. Well, that's true. But, uh, that's true. But yeah, no, that's true because I mean, the only the only alternative is the thing that I think WCW tried to do at least once with when Vince Russo came in and was like, "We're gonna, you know, everything is you know different. We're gonna strip all the titles and oh do all." I mean, that's your only alternative, and that's that never goes well. No, ever. You know, that that never works out. And Someone thought that was a great idea and then they actually did it. And man, it I mean, it it was good in the sense that it got people like Booker T over and, and you know, viewed as, as a world champion and so forth. It was different. Um, but yeah, that's yeah, you you don't want to reset the belts. You 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 need to just kind of organically move, you know, nudge things in a direction that's different from where they've been before. And so it'll be yeah. interesting to see. What happens mm-hmm. now? One of the other pieces of fallout from that then is so John Laurinaitis is on his way out. Well, there's another guy who people may not know uh, if you're a casual fan. His name is Kevin Dunn. He's a, he is part of Vince's team of yes men, um, and apparently is universally two point <laughs> Yeah, is is universally not liked by most of the wrestling internet community <laughs> because uh, well, him and John Laurinaitis because what wasn't yeah. it corny. Uncle Corny, who said no one even wants to see John, no one even wants to see John Laurinaitis at the supermarket these days. I was like, <laughs> wow, I don't even know what that means, but I kind of know what it means. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Mister Dunn may be on his way out as well. Um, apparently, he he and Stephanie McMahon do not get along. Stephanie does not like him, um, mm-hmm. and so. 
it seems like, uh, as is the case, comeuppance is due. And so uh, he will be on his most likely on his way out. Um, and, you know, if there is longevity, if this isn't a short term thing that they're doing, you know, you know, putting in the putting in Triple H and Stephanie in these interim roles, because um, they are not calling them interim. They are calling them. This is their mm-hmm. role. So it seems like it's long, you know, long term. Um, that I would imagine he's going to install his own kind of group of guys, much like he did in NXT, to um, you know go ahead and, and kind of push things forward. And so, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting to see who he brings in. You know what I want to know? I want to know if there's now like an appointed Turk at the in, the, in, in Titan Towers, like because oh, I, I don't know if anyone knows that term, but I don't even know if it was much of a term except for uh, so when Bill Belichick first started in the NFL. And he was like assistant to the assistant to the assistant to the assistant scout or something like that. But one of his jobs was he would have to go like at training camp, he would have to go around to the players who were getting cut and would be like, hey, the coach wants to see you bring your playbook. And that was like, <laughs> you knew it was like <laughs> dead man walking like and the, I, and the way the term that he used is that he was the Turk, which I guess, I mean, mm-hmm. goes back to some sort of ancient execution or something i just wonder who that is like i i wonder if he brought i wonder if triple h just brought in like road dog mm-hmm. just to come around like to each oh, office you didn't like, know <laughs> <laughs> oh you didn't know bring your bring your security card come on now it's like bring your oh. bags bring your gear it's like oh no do i have to get cut like this in the worst possible way and then they're like well at least it isn't billy gunn i guess there's that positive that's that's true yeah oh Oh, my gosh man that would be great that's what that that would be a you know what i hope that somebody is filming all this because i want like the behind the scenes footage on all this that would be enough to make me get peacock again i would i would love to see the behind the scenes of just like people getting wholesale like tossed out Yep. Oh, it'd be yep. great. Like they bring back Braun Strowman on a two week contract just to act as muscle. <laughs> well, absolutely. And and uh, just a and we we have one more little news bite to get to with this, and then we'll move on. But oh, one yeah. other thing that just occurred to me, um, and and I don't know like if casual fans are aware of this or not, but one of the things that that Tony Khan, Tony, not Nick, Tony Khan, yes, uh, two two is, separate cons, two and separate neither cons. to be confused with Khan. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting weeks to make oh, that joke. Thank you. You did. You you had that all locked in the holster, ready to go. Um, but uh, Tony Khan, head of AEW, um, one of the things that he has been, um, you know, credited for and 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 lauded for is the fact that he's had this, and he calls it the, you know, opening the forbidden door, but being very open to doing cross promotion type events with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, with Impact Wrestling, with other. Uh, you know, he purchased Ring of Honor and is now essentially kind of Ring of Honor is now kind of like a sub brand within AEW and, and operating that way. And mm. so now I'm wondering with Triple H being in position and, you know, Stephanie being in her position, it kind of is intriguing to wonder, do you think at some point if, if you know, they, they would kind of cross promote, you know, with AEW at some point if because it's good for business, you know, I mean, if, oh, if it no draws way. dollars, you know, I think no it, they way. might do it. I the only way I could see that happening would be like almost like once every other year, like one paper pay-per-view or sure. something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, but even that is like, why would you? Why would you even do anything to help the company? Because you know you're gonna get that I'm guessing it would ha- you'd have to make it a fifty fifty split. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? You, I, I'm just guessing. Like, neither one is going to settle for less. Yeah. You have to make it a 50-50 split. And if it's a huge door, well, you're still helping. You're making money, but you're still helping the competition because you got to look mm-hmm. at it like, I could have made this money on my own. Even if I only made 75%, I get 100% of that 75%. Mm-hmm. I don't get the 50%. I mean, I okay, Scott Steiner. Jeez, you're selling. He's doing a thirty-three per thirty-three and a third percent chance. Mine actually made sense. All right, (laughs) it did. It did. I just the way you were talking. It sounded like that promo. I was double checking that as I was saying it, like every single word. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that checks out, checks out. All right. You know, oh uh, I was gosh. like, it's like that scene in Apollo 13 where they're all the guys were the slide rulers. Like, that's what's going on inside my head as I'm saying something like that, <laughs> even though it's like the most simple math, like third graders could do it. I'm oh. still just like, oh man, I'm going to mess this up. Good but stuff. I can't see why you would. Like, you're going to, you're yep. going to try to, you know, maybe you're not out to bury AEW, but mm-hmm. you certainly want to stay the top dog. And sure, I mean, WWE sure. is still top dog, even though creatively they might not be as good. They're making more money, and that's how you judge these things. Um, I can't see why they would. I, re- I mean, I might be totally wrong because, like you say, Triple H and Stephanie have a totally different outview, uh, you know, outlook in the business than right. than I do, and and than what Vince does. So maybe, but I, it just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, do you think yeah. so? I think they would be open to it, and and I think. Um, huh. It's got to be the right match, though, you know, and, and and I look at the lineup and the one link I see is Cody Rhodes, you know, having the history, um, maybe putting I mean, I don't think they do anything like him versus CM Punk or anything like that, but I, I could see them. Cody Rhodes versus Jericho. Th- I could see that. That I could how see. Much, how much do you think they would love to do that if only just like. If only just to piss Vince off somewhere, just mm-hmm. <laughs> just like or, they would have to have had... Vince. Go ahead. go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought. I was going to say they'd have to have Vince in a straight jacket <laughs> to, to, <laughs> to deal with that and heavily medicated. And even then he'd still oh. be at 77 years. The steroid, the, the steroids that have saturated his cells would mm-hmm. all come out at once. And he'd be like hulking up like, like eyes burning. Oh my gosh! Or I, I was to, thinking they'd have to or, put him in like that in that clear plastic cell that they put like Baron Z, uh, Zemo in. That's yes. what they'd have to put him. Yes. In. Um, what was it? What was the? Oh, uh, you know, you 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 could have something like Brian Danielson coming and facing someone. You could have re, you know, Regal's like they have this great group going now called the Blackpool Combat Club. It's it's Regal, uh, you know, as a figurehead. It's John Moxley, formerly Dean Ambrose, um, mm. Brian Danielson. Um, C- Cesaro, who's just joined AEW, um, right. and they're just like a group of just brawlers who are just you know tough men who are just go in and and like they're holding like a bunch of gold right now. And I'm thinking, man, if they do something with Cody and one of those guys, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, um, but the thing is, like, that's not you. It would have to be a main event. Absolutely, absolutely. It would but, have to be a main event. I don't see that. I, I, I'm thinking that like in order to really capture that imagination, like the storylines are are really interesting because both of them are essentially WWE, are are both people that had that had a beef with WWE, right, right, and with Vince right. specifically. Mm-hmm. You know, Cody can go back to the way that you know he the way that Vince treated his dad. His, uh, mm-hmm. oh wait a minute. So no, Dust Dustin was is his brother, right? Correct. Correct. Okay. So yeah, the way that he treated his brother, the way he treated him, the way he treated his dad, 
all of those things. Mm -hmm. And for him to come back to WWE, Chris Jericho could be like, you know, here's the guy who he did all this to your family and you went Mm -hmm. crawling back all in. I mean, all, oh my gosh, the, the promos that those two could have. Oh yeah. Would be otherworldly. Yeah. But I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. I mean, unless, I mean, maybe you're right because it does. It sounds awesome. <laughs> I got to admit, it well, sounds and, freaking awesome. I want to watch it now. Damn it! And Triple H, I mean, you know, he has respect for Dusty Rhodes, and so I think you know it'd be really, you know, I, I could see him being on board with, you know, kind of Cody's on this path right now where he wants to, you know, he was on Stone Cold's podcast and he he points to that that old WWE belt with, you know, you know, the old Eagle belt that Austin had before they, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of went through a few iterations of changing the design. And he said, that's, that's what I want to bring back. You know, he's like, Mm -hmm. I want to hold that. And that's the belt that I want to hold. And so they have this great story brewing right now where if they can keep the belt on reins and build Cody up and have it be Cody versus reins, just, you know, these two, you know, second, third generation, you know, guys who are, you know, you, you essentially have the Samoans versus the road sort of thing. Um, you know, you, you could, you could have a really, really compelling, um, you know, cross promotional match or something, or, or, or sorry, get, you know, get, get Cody the belt and then have the cross promotional match where he's the world champion, you know, fighting oh, dude. Uh, Jericho. But the way you'd like have that. to do that, the way you'd have to do that is you'd have to have like, that would, ha- that blow off would have to be like WrestleMania, right? Oh yeah. Would have to. Yeah. That's Absolutely. that's a WrestleMania main event. You have him chase, chase, chase. Mm-hmm. Finally at WrestleMania, he wins. You have to make it a clean victory. Has to be absolutely clean because you got to slam the door on mm-hmm. on Roman Reigns. And oh, yeah. then, as Cody is celebrating, red, you know the the friggin' streamers are falling down. Dustin's in the ring with him. The whole family is there. Then all of a sudden, Judas starts playing, mm-hmm. and Jericho walks out on stage. And that's where you cut. Yep. Oh yeah. Can and then you and then you don't you like keep that going for twelve months. Yep. Can you freaking imagine? But again, then you'd have to have you'd have to have like back and forth. Of, oh, but oh, <sighs> damn it! Uh, now uh, I've uh, taught uh, myself into this thing that's never going to happen. <laughs> it could, and you heard it here first. <sighs> I'm going to seethe about this because I just the way that the universe works. If I've learned one thing from my travel mojo, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's going to happen oh, as well. slowly as possible. Finally, uh, and, and we'll wrap this up quick because we're, we're way over with this. But, but the oh, last we're going to wrap it up with financials, the real exciting stuff. I'm not going to get into the, the, the actual financials, but the, the last article from today was uh, apparently WWE is going to be restating past financial results due to certain unrecorded expenses made by ex-CEO Vince McMahon. So uh, apparently uh, there are some <laughs> some things were not done by the book, and so <laughs> we're going back and correcting them. Apparently, oh boy, this is going to be interesting for stockholders. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, yeah, because I mean, we're already at the point with it with, with like the twelve million tally that he had. That's already like three times more than he paid for WCW and yep. their tape library. Yeah. Oh yeah, not oh, man. good. No. Not good at all. Not good at all. You don't pay twelve million dollars in hush money if you didn't do nothing. Like Uncle Corny said, if I if I you if I paid out twelve million dollars, I did whatever they said that I did. 
So, so according to the article, again, from Cage Side Seats, and they, they were, um, I think they were referencing the SEC filing, but it said the company has made a preliminary determination that certain payments that McMahon agreed to make during the period from 06 to 2022, including amounts paid and payable in the future, and that were not recorded in the WWE consolidated financial statements should have been recorded as expenses in the quarters in which those agreements were made. As of the date hereof, the company has identified unrecorded expenses totaling approximately $14.6 million. Oh! All payments underlying the unrecorded expenses were or will be paid by Vince McMahon personally. So what I'm curious about here is we've, we've obviously had some hanky-panky, and then uh-huh. we've had some bookkeeping hanky-panky. Uh-huh. Does this mean that Vince goes to the hokey-pokey? <laughs> because, I mean, I, I know I that... I don't nokey-nokey. <laughs> I know that rich people don't tend to tend to wind up in the pokey, but oh, this is a this is not looking good. No. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we now close and bring to an end a very Vince McMahon centric week in geek. Yes, thank you uh, for that, and uh, thank you for then leading me just like just like a like a horse to water to the fantasy booking portion of that 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 will never happen and i will die a frustrated man thank you for that you're welcome okay thank you i I dropped you there for a minute (laughs) no no i was i was uh so for the listeners i have a standing desk and i was lowering it because uh my lower back (laughs) is hurting and i was trying to not have it be a part of the uh, recording but then i didn't know uncle todd was going to say that and so there was this uncomfortable silence and then i had to kick up the uh, the gain again so i could say something so sorry it's all about, that. about uncomfortable silences here it's pull all behind about pull the curtain for a little behind the scenes of how the show is made the forbidden door if you will indeed although in our case it's it's more like a flimsy piece of plywood on like one hinge <sighs> oh who are we kidding it's a cardboard cut out it's a flap <laughs> from, 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 a, from an ikea box or something like that you know <laughs> yep oh not even something classy like that it's, it's like a it's like a kmart box has been hanging oh. around out in the rain <laughs> yeah it's been rained on it's damaged you know just kind of like flapping out there smells like pee i mean yeah. you know everything you'd expect from us well oh. sir uh just remember if all that fantasy booking comes true you know where it came from Yep. We know that Triple H is listening. Actually, who are we kidding? It's it's Road Dog who's listening. It's like Trips, I got a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Where'd you get this from? Just oh. thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my my goodness. My goodness. Yep. That's that's you know, and that's gonna lead to my uh to my SummerSlam match two years from now when I go against Road Dog in a you stole my angle match. Uh, <laughs> It's and it, the stipulation will be it's going to be a Billy Gunn on a pole match. That's what I'm. That's what I'm rooting for. Oh gosh! Like when they had Buff oh. Bagwell's mom on Judy Bagwell oh. on a pole, and, and it will oh. only be contested under the the uh, the fine refereeing of one uh, Mick Foley. Yes, of course. I mean, who? I mean, unless if I can't get Dangerous Danny Davis for the pride of Dover, New Hampshire, that's to right. referee the match, that's Mick right. Foley, baby, all the that's way, right. all the way. Absolutely. Of course, I don't think Mick can actually get down to make the count, so he'll probably just stomp three times and call it good. 
<laughs> yes, that's true. And that's not a dig. That man doesn't. Uh, that man should not have to get down, you know, and and do that if he doesn't want to. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So uh, we did go on ourselves a little bit of a road trip now, didn't we, sir? We did. We we broke out of uh, our, our normal uh, routines, our, our normal kind of patterns, if you will. And, out of uh, our nursing homes. Um, they let us away out. from our. No meds. F- oh wait, you had plenty of meds, actually. Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> Your heart well, thing. <laughs> lost a couple of them too. I, I know someone. Someone in the someone in the streets of Denver picked up a baggie with some pills in it. Like, thinking, ooh, my lucky day. Like, th- no, th- your, col- <laughs> your cholesterol is just gonna be real good right now. That's all. Yeah, your your cholesterol is gonna be artificially reduced down, and uh, let's see, and, and your heart will be slowed. So, fifteen BP, fifty BP off there. Yeah, how do you like yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know oh if I gosh. like this, man. <laughs> so uh, we did. We uh, we flew out to uh to colorado mm-hmm. uh, to go and witness uh what is one of my now favorite uh concert experiences of all time oh, seeing yeah. one of my favorite actually my favorite band of all time tower of power mm-hmm. in their first ever red rocks concert uh they were sharing the bill i mean let's face it they were opening but it's still kind of weird for me for tower of power to be opening for anybody but they were opening for lettuce uh which mm-hmm. is a sensational uh funk band and they were both backed by the Colorado Symphony Orchestra, which oh, just yeah. put this so far over the top. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. So um, let's, but we'll get to that. Let's kind of go in numerical order here. You kind of have day one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to add in a day zero because uh, oh, I yes. had a little, I had a side quest before this. Uh, where a, a side I figured, quest, well, or are we a Dungeons and Dragons sort of uh, thing going on here? What's kind of, okay. kind of. I, I, so I flew out a few days earlier uh, to go visit my mom because I was heading west anyways. I'm like, all right, I'll do that, and then I'll just drive from nice. Arizona uh, to to Denver, Colorado. Yes, thought it'd be a great road trip. Um, <sighs> I'm getting too old for this stuff. That's why I'm, I was Danny Glovering <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man. So, uh, I, the real touchy one was, uh, the second day of driving and I had to go through the veil pass. Oh dear. Now, uh, I don't know if our listeners are aware of this. I am not a fan of heights, not a fan whatsoever. The veil pass takes you up to an elevation of 10,662 feet. Oh dear. (laughs) On, on roads that are like just right on the side of the mountain. And mm-hmm. like a six degree, you know, upgrade, six degree downgrade. And you're just like zooming along on these roads and it's insane. And I was white knuckling like I've never white knuckled before mm-hmm. driving around in canyons that felt like like my my brain was getting an optical illusion because I'm like, there's no way that could be that high. Yes, there is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I dealt with all of that. Before, before Tim even arrived within the state, so I was already rattled, shall we say? <laughs> um, but uh, a good, a uh, good day of uh, hanging out with uh, a friend and uh, and get some food and some sleep. That was good. Unfortunately, the the friend of mine who was uh, supposed to join us and who I you know it, it you know would have been great because she was supposed to go to the concert with us and everything uh got covid beforehand so kind of got put on like ir i mm. guess you could say um so that sucked 
Yeah. Uh, but then, then, uh, then the man they called Tim flew into town on Tuesday with Lemmy playing in the background as I entered. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, what would your what would your entrance music of choice be if you if you were to oh. if you were so inclined? Oh wow! So if I were to choose from like the because because I I don't know like I always like the Attitude Era music. Um, I'm thinking the Undertaker because I mean if only because we walk real slow now. <laughs> well, that's that's fair. Um, you know what? I I don't know if you remember. I'll have to send you a link or something, but. Uh, Triple H, when he was kind of on his rise, you know, to his first world championship, he had uh, he had this kind of funky music, um, and and I I can't think of the name of it. It was kind of the precursor to what became like you know Lemmy's version of the game, but it was it was mm-hmm. kind of like that. It would have this sort of like video game feel to it. It said like start game, and mm. it would you know kind of start off, and it was very. It still had that kind of hard rock. That would be the entrance music, but I'll have to, okay. I guess I'll have to send you a link to it. All right. I'll see if I can put that. Lemmy in the show stuff notes. is good too. I mean, uh, oh. quite honestly, uh, between the game or, uh, or as Lemmy would say, evolution. <laughs> good old Lemmy. Evolution. Yep. Um, but, uh, but yes. So, so I think that'd be my, my entrance, but I came very early though. I oh yeah uh, you you I mean so oh my gosh that was for the unreal. listeners I uh, last Monday evening I I actually uh, was start was a week ago I was on my way uh, to to getting to bed early and uh, got up at one forty five in the morning uh, to catch a two forty five uh, taxi to uh, O'Hare and uh, and and when I arrived. Uh, I was shocked to find that apparently at three in the morning, security isn't open yet. <laughs> so I, I, I made all this effort to get there early and I'm kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the wild west, you know, you know, the tumbleweeds blowing by cause there's no one there. Um, but, uh, I have, ex- I have expected you to say like, there's a security guard with like his cap down feet up. <laughs> A little Barney Fife action going on. Yeah, he has, he has the gun, but the, the bullets are in a pocket. Oh, my gosh. But, uh, I, I I mean, there were people, there were some people there who were also catching an early flight. And so I was um, early in line uh, for waiting for security to open so that once they did open, I got through fairly quickly and it was all all good. Yeah, um, the unfortunate part was the security guy hadn't had a chance to warm his hands up. So to <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you're together or something oh my, oh my gosh. gosh actually went to the duty free shop and picked up some lotion brought it back to him like you really need to use this <laughs> gosh oh so uh yeah so i uh boarded a five i think it was like a 515 flight uh flying first class baby first class uh so now, I see a- this is where i have a problem because <laughs> tim has been rubbing this in my face the whole time that he flew first class to and from colorado the plane i was on didn't even have first class <laughs> you were either you were either a passenger or you were a pilot oh. or you were part of the crew like those are the only two options there's no first class well and, like, and- I was, it's like when they said to me get on like oh where's first class Dude, you're lucky you've got a seat and it's not a milk crate with a piece of string. Go sit down. It's like get on the sky. That's all it was. <laughs> well, and, and for context, so so un- Uncle Todd, uh, being being a generous man as he is, uh, was was you know 
all of this was kind of built around the fact of of the con- the concert was the main event. And so my birthday gift, because uh, my birthday was this past Friday, uh, was was the ticket to go to the concert. So I was viewing this as this is a kind of, you know, relaxation sort of trip, uh, you know, go hang out with a friend, enjoy uh, taking some good music. And so I, I wanted to travel in style. I didn't want to deal with group numbers that were you know higher than one and so yeah, he, i just want to sit with the unwashed masses and he also got like a shiatsu massage when while he was, was on nice, in air you know as yeah. it should be <laughs> like you need to go talk to that security guy you've got real soft hands there sven thank you <laughs> Oh my gosh. So a little lower if you wouldn't mind. Ah, there we go. So got a Make sure you uh, get it get next to the big toe. That's where I really get jammed up. Thank you. That God. unlocks my chakra. Oh gosh. All right. So uh had a little bit of a, a slight, a very slight delay leaving. We were kind of on the tarmac for a little bit longer than we should have been, but we got in oh the air. Oh my goodness. Didn't you pipe up from first class, remove your monocle, and say, excuse me, <laughs> I have places to be. Love <laughs> Shop, uh, shop, if we could, please. Indeed. I don't uh, care if you have to kick some of these coach people off. But, uh, <laughs> Is the plane way down? Eject them. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I would say start with the first ones in the back. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, it was it was a very good flight, very very uh, very quick. I mean, it was two and a half hours, but it was a very fast two and a half hours. So uh, uh, well, of land- course, when you're flying first class, you got well, all the amenities available to you. That's right. I, I was doing some reading. Uh, I was knocking out a little bit of work. Uh, land in Denver. Got my Uber. Went down to uh, downtown Denver. Uh, my company has an office down there. So I spent, uh, what's kind of funny is I got into the office around the same time I usually get into the office when I go into downtown (laughs) Chicago. So there was something a little bit eerily, you know, consistent about what I was doing. here. It's like, I'm walking into the completely foreign place I've never been to before. And I'm getting there before three quarters of the office is even there. See what Um, I love is you're saying like, oh, this is a time for relaxation. And even as you're relaxing, you're more diligent at work than I am because I literally left like Wednesday and I'm like, ain't nobody hearing from me at all. My family's like, are are you going to, that's what the inbox is saying, right? That's what Outlook is saying right now. Out of the office. Even my family's like, are we going to hear from you? I'm like, nope. They're like, good. That'd be perfect. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I spent most of, uh, about three quarters of the day at the office, about probably around three, three 30. I, uh, came down and uncle Todd was, uh, Zen like reading, uh, at a local Starbucks, enjoying a beverage and, uh, uh, caffeine beverage and, uh, doing some reading. And so the idiots unite. We were together. Apparently the universe did not split apart when we uh, began to conversate <laughs> and, uh, uh, joke and so uh, off we went uh, to the Airbnb. Mm. Yes, the Airbnb that Tim had reserved. Indeed. Yes. How Indeed. about that Airbnb, Tim? Well, folks, uh, let's just put it this way: there, there were there were a couple elements to this whole thing. Uh, so we arrived. <laughs> oh, you you know stuff. You know the BS is getting deeper as Tim starts oh, talking about the I'm, elements I'm gonna, involved. Uh, I am you know? not gonna. There is no BS. I'm I'm gonna lay it out transparently okay. for the people. All right. All right. Uh, 
we get there and and there's a gate we're supposed to enter through uh, that will take us to this guest house. Now, when I first booked this Airbnb, I unfortunately presumed that this guest house was like this was a a kind of country property and there was a guest house and you just kind of had, you know, like a trail you walked to to get there because the picture seemed to indicate that it was like a cabin. Except that when we opened the gate, we found ourselves in what could only be described oh, no, no, as no. a saw. No, 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 no is a maze-like path that was very reminiscent from the Saw movies. <laughs> yes, it was It was essentially a killing shoot, is what it was. <laughs> yes. It's like, it's like a slaughterhouse. But I want to point out, first of all, you're like, oh, this property's out in the, in the, you know, in the country. Not in the country. Like, in the middle, smack dab in the middle of a neighborhood. Like, any, any yeah. you know, generic suburban neighborhood. And, and the entire time I'm pulling up, because I've got the rental car still, I... Time to yeah. pull up. Tim is like, is confused and disoriented. Like, really, really, yeah, yep. really. And then yep. we open the shoot, and he's like, and the shoot, open the cage, <laughs> go into the path. And I'm literally, we both kind of look at, it and I'm like, you first, yeah. <laughs> If yeah, somebody's going to get it, it's you. <laughs> well, and then as we're walking down this pathway, right, it, it's very reminiscent of the trench run from Star Wars. So I got Uncle Todd <laughs> behind me. who's like, stay on target, <laughs> which was probably the one time we're actually saying, loosen up. Well, yeah, it actually made sense. <laughs> yeah, true. Because he, he was just harassing me with it. Oh, my gosh. But uh, but yeah. And so we turned a corner and uh, saw what looked like to be a very nice utility shed and uh, kind of expected it to like widen up. Nope, nope, nope. It's going to stay the exact same. <laughs> uh, and so uh, that was our, our guest house was a, a uh, completely renovated, rehabilitated, uh, uh, basically what looked to be Tool some shed. sort of outdoor shed kind of thing and it actually made for a fine uh, living arrangement to be honest yeah i mean it was all of four feet behind the main house like that was the other thing that was very jarring was, over the fence yeah and and we could have touched the house yes yeah that that was the other jarring thing was wow this is really close to their house so and um, the best part was looking out the side window from the kitchen area mm-hmm you could view the backyard, which we were not allowed to go into. Yes. I was like, oh, look, green. There's grass. There's a tree. <laughs> you go out in front of ours. It's just this this wood privacy fence. <laughs> and then they gave us like a four by four a- area with some wicker furniture from 1962. Which I recently dubbed the spray painted. Yes, it was, it was. That was our veranda. It was like this little square of space that like the sunshine kind of angled into and that was about it and i was like oh well this is nice <laughs> for a shed all right J- best jackson shed i've stayed down. in this year hold hold, hold on J- jackson just came downstairs he he's limping was this leg day at the gym <laughs> yeah. oh he did leg day at the gym <laughs> he it's a Good. little Don't ginger as he walks day. down the stairs <laughs> you never skip leg day no no he said every day you, should be leg day <laughs> well that's the that's the nasty secret that you that you find out after you've been going to the gym uh, for a while yeah. is that like everything kind of is leg day mm-hmm. eventually because you got to use your legs anyways and everything is core mm-hmm. everything is a core exercise at some level yes and I once yeah. I found that out I I cried <laughs> but yes uh, the shed turned out very nice it was it was very uh, very clean very neat and all that so it was it, it was a good shed but it was still 
a shed. It still was. And uh, there there was a period of about probably 60 minutes of me just overcoming the shock of what I had somehow <laughs> agreed to live in for two days. And, and me and, giggling because uh, I ain't paying a red cent for it. No. So I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm staying here for free and I don't even get a bed. I get a I get like a fold out couch. So mm-hmm. I'm damn sure gonna make some jokes about this. Oh yes. Oh yeah. We 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 had some good laughs about this and uh we we were you know, I, I think the beauty it, it I, I need to say this for a second though. There there is uh the the beauty of our friendship is we you know, we hadn't seen each other in a couple of years and, and once we got, you know, together it was like we never missed a beat. You know what I mean? It was like right, right back to the, you know, ripping on each other and uh, joking this and joking that. And yeah, the, that shed just provided a whole, I mean, years worth of material <laughs> to you. So <laughs> good Lord. Oh, it was great. Oh, it was my great. Gosh. Yeah. Uh, so from the shed, we, uh, I did get some recommendations uh, from colleagues and uh, we decided to go into uh, Golden uh, to uh, have dinner at an Indian restaurant called Sherpa House. Which was fantastic. That was a great recommendation. And, 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 you know, the food, the ambiance was, was all great. Uh, Like this downtown area for Golden was really cool. Oh yeah. Um, Like literally like spitting distance from there to the Coors Brewery. Like Mm -hmm. when we were driving back from Golden, we actually like went right past the Coors Brewery and I'm like, I don't think this is actually a road. I think this is just an access. <laughs> it's like a utility path through the. Where, where are we going? I think Siri is is you know has us on the serial killer setting or something. Yes. This is not good. Yes. Not good whatsoever. Yeah. But no, that was great, and that is where uh, where where the man they called Tim proceeded to eat all the cars. <laughs> I was wondering was, if that was going to come up or not. There was none left for anyone else after this. He ate oh. all the carbs. After being on a diet of like no carbs, mm-hmm. he just decided, screw it. Bring them all. That's Bring right. them all. You oh my can't gosh. You have had... chicken tiki marsala without having the the, the rice to slather well, no, the but you sauce also over. Had, you also had this, uh, what was this? Some, uh, oh, the what naan? Was the thing that you had? Well, of course you had the naan. Yeah. I mean, that was at that point, I was like, well, screw it. You might as well. Well, here, there was and, that and, other and, thing. And, and here's the thing, folks, ladies and gentlemen, the naan was a choice. The, the, the naan was oh, not yeah. free. The naan was a, a choice I made. No, that was a that was a that was a choice that you made. But there was that also that appetizer that you got. <laughs> oh, what was that? Uh, the um, oh gosh, what started the heck? with an S. I can't remember what it was. It was oh, a vegetable. On, I want to say samosa, but it's not a samosa. It is samosa. You're absolutely right. It is? Yep. Oh, cool. Yep. Yep. See, I'm not a, I'm, I'm, I'm not an Indian food connoisseur, so just to actually get that right was amazing. Got two samosas, uh, which were phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I mean, the food was just so flavorful, so good. Oh, it was uh, awesome. Oh, my gosh. I was in heaven. Carb heaven. I, I know you were in heaven. You were about ready to, like, <laughs> you were about ready to take your shirt off and rub that naan all over you. Like, ah. <laughs> Oh, it's so good to have cars. <laughs> I was like, Tim, please. There's people here. My God. <laughs> Except the bartender is just like, whatever. It's, I don't uh, care. Do you remember the bourbon we tried there? Um, because I I have the picture. I I need to zoom in a little bit. It was like something like, wasn't it like Ten Mountain or something like that? Yes, Tenth Mountain, I think. Tenth yes. Mountain. I was gonna say there's so there's so much bourbon that was consumed that oh, night. Oh, we're getting. I'll to the be good lucky part. if I get fifty percent of this right. Yeah, so that was phenomenal, and uh, then you know proceeded to walk a little bit around uh, Golden, which uh, I I would Tenth recommend Mountain for anybody. Rye whiskey. 
Ah, uh, yes. Which was, it was good. Um, it wasn't like knock your socks off good, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was smooth. Um, it was, it was yeah. a good, you know. It was not worth it. It was not worth a second round on that, though. That was, it was, no. it was that was, no. that was good enough. One was sufficient. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then, we'll, then a little stroll around. Then we, uh, we headed back to the shed to, to plan our next maneuver. Um, and if, if I hadn't already, you know, made enough choices that were probably not the the greatest, I I think I redeemed myself uh, that evening by saying, "Hey, there's a place called the Whiskey Bar," and yeah, Uncle Todd and the man they call Tim. Uh, well, Uncle Todd introduced me to whiskey, bourbon. You know, when I started this diet, I, I had to stop having you know beer, and I was looking for another beverage because you to weren't partake. having carbs, it, right? Exactly. And Which you then just tracked <laughs> at the, that night. But you and Still I have not actually it. been together and been able to go out and, and sample, you know, bourbon Don't together. Don't blame this on me, sir, all <laughs> I, right? I Don't blame it. There was saying... plenty of options that you could have gone carb-free, all right? And you just you decided, nope, I'm having all the carbs. You know what? He turned into friggin' Ron Swanson. He's Uncle like, Todd I want you to bring me- denial right now. I what want you to bring me here? all the non and carbs that you have. <laughs> No, no, I don't think you understand me. I want you to bring me all the naan and all the carbs that you have. And mm-hmm. then he proceeded to eat them all. It was a it was a, a remarkable thing. I just don't behold. want you to blame it on me. I'm not blaming it on you. I'm just I'm simply pointing you out. Say, yes, you are. You're like, oh, we hadn't seen each other, so therefore I had to eat all the carbs. Like, how does those two things go together? No, no. What I said was we hadn't seen each other in a while and we hadn't you know, since I started partaking in bourbon, we haven't been together to go out and sample bourbon uh, together. I wasn't okay. talking about the Indian food. I was I talking about back the, the fact carbs. we went to the whiskey bar and okay. we're able to sample some fine uh, beverages uh, with the guidance of our Sherpa Dave. Yeah, which the original plan for, uh, for us was to go to a couple of distilleries. Yes. And yes. we had looked at that and then realized by the time we got done dinner and all that stuff they were closed and the fact that it was a tuesday <laughs> night there was a ton of these that were just closed which yeah. i you know go figure on a tuesday night the place you know nightlife ain't exactly hopping Mm-mm. so yeah uh the man they called tim totally redeemed it found whiskey bar in mm-hmm. uh, in downtown denver and uh yeah and dave we, we walked in it's like it, it looks like a dive bar but it is one of those places that you know is like it's been curated to look like a dive bar mm-hmm. like it doesn't mm-hmm. look like that on accident yeah. Um, yeah but yeah and then we we pretty much basically drank dave's recommendations the entire time we were there he took us on a journey uh introduced yes. us to uh a few different uh drinks let me pull up my pictures here I remember uh, the first one for, for you was uh, Wild Turkey Rare Breed, which is something yes. that I kind of recommended before. That was so phenomenal. Was kind of cool. I was excited you got a chance to try that because, oh my gosh, that is one of my favorites. Yep. No, that, that was phenomenal. And then uh, I think the next one was Restoration. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh, that was good. Restoration oh, so Rye. Man. I didn't take a picture of every bottle though, so I don't have the full like, because I think we had like four or five, right? Uh, yeah, something like that. And those, and when, and people are probably like, oh, only four or five. Like these were not like uh wimpy pours. These oh, were, no. uh, they might not have been ventis, but they were definitely grande pours. <laughs> um, it's a double, double. Dave, oh Dave wasn't skimping. No, and, he uh, was not. He, 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 embraced, like, it was funny when, when we first walked in, I kind of said, 
so what do you have for uh, bourbons? And he was just like, you know, it was kind of a dumb question I asked him. And, you know, he's like, well, what do you guys typically drink? And so we we're kind of filling him in on our story a little bit and just that, you know, we, we, we enjoy sampling and uh, or we, we like to partake. And so we like to also partake of some things that are, you know, a bit off the beaten path or things that are not the norm. And so uh, he he took us on a journey. He certainly did. Yeah. Well, the first one they the first one you had was the the wild turkey rare breed, mm. which is a which is a barrel strength, single barrel yep. barrel strength, one hundred and seventeen ish proof. Yep. And uh, I got a smoke wagon bourbon. Skin that smoke wagon and go to work, yeah. boy. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I I believe it was the smoke wagon uncut. Yeah. Um, which I think is a hundred and fifteen or something like that proof. Yeah. And uh, and healthy pours of both of those. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of worked our way down. We did the restoration rye. Yep. There was a there was something else that we did after that. Yeah. I'm... And then we finished with the barrel. Yes. Yeah. That, that um, I have a picture of that. That was and that was really interesting because, as he explained to I think three or four times to us, uh, because uh, yes, by then I think he had a couple shots himself. Um, yeah, that's great. The bartender was drinking with us, so it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, we're. We are in our environment right here. Like, this it is the place like, to be. It was like Uncle Todd and I, and there was like two other guys there, which we'll get yeah. into in a moment. And that was it. And it was a very quiet evening uh, at this place. Uh, the All-Star game was on, so there was no no game. I mean, and I think the place was only like a block or two away from Coors Field. So we were really yeah. close to Coors Field. Um, but, you know, of course, nothing was going on because, you know, the 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 All-Star game was elsewhere. Um so yeah, so uh, it it was. I, I actually really enjoyed it. I you know I'm I'm at an age where I'm not big into the whole like loud craziness sort of thing. So it was actually quite nice to have yeah. the place to ourselves and and to have someone uh, you know who was actually engaged in in you know the quality of of the bourbon and whiskey and you know I mean he just had this encyclopedic knowledge of it and uh, you know you had Uncle Todd waxing poetic about uh, the bourbons about the music uh, got into a couple of debates uh, it was it was it was a, a crazy evening it was well not crazy but it was <laughs> well as crazy as it gets for about two guys in mid forties on a Tuesday night yes indeed that qualifies indeed. yes and the and the barrel it, the the gimmick with that is the fact that it's it's not their bourbon. It is, they take that bourbon and it's the barrels that they finish it in. Yes. And I think one was a rum barrel. One was a sherry, a sherry bur- barrel. And then there was yeah, another the other one. Yeah, was a port, uh, right? Yeah. And yeah. then they, and then they blend those and you wind up with these different varieties. And the one that we had was 122 proof. Which I which think is broke a, me. <laughs> which is one hell of a way to finish an evening. Um <laughs> At least for the man they call Tim, because then the two guys that were hanging out with us, uh, there was Reed, and then there was another gentleman who we'll refer to as Mumbles, yes. who uh, Reed decided that he was going to buy a round for the house, which is, I mean, not that much, because there was only five of us in the bar, including the bartender. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, he and, and the man they called Tim gracefully bowed out, which Dave was more than happy to take his shot. And uh, and I, of course, was like, well, it'd be rude if I didn't have it, you know, of course. <laughs> So uh, yeah, uh, they, and then a, a couple uh, a couple snorts of um, of uh, Jack Daniels, mm-hmm. and then Old Forester eighty six, on top of everything that we'd had before that. Yep, with the yep. pores still just as like deep. I'm like, liberal. oh my gosh, liberal. Oh, this is gonna be interesting. Yeah, and all of this after like we had taken an Uber ride 
from the from the shed in downtown Denver. <laughs> oh, you in the back to talk a, about that. <laughs> in the back of a Prius with a guy who was a frust- frustrated NASCAR driver. Yes. I mean, yeah. he had this Prius like humming down the down these highways. I mean, oh my gosh, we weren't really even talking that much because I'm like, I don't want to distract this guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're, we're going to go careening off the side of the highway and ain't nobody ever going to find we us. We were waiting you know? for panels to start flying off of the Prius because he was, yes. you know, clearly pushing it beyond the structural integrity limits of, of the vehicle. So, yeah. So that was, that was, I mean, after we got to the place, I was like, I need a drink now. I, <laughs> I, I wanted a drink before. I kind of need one now. Like, I have a medicinal need at this point. Yes. But yeah, that was a great time, and uh, and our, our our Uber ride back much more relaxed. Um, yeah, after uh, all that, after all that bourbon, uh, the driver got about a twenty minute uh, free episode of free range idiocy on indeed. our way back to the shed. Um, indeed, yeah, and I think he actually enjoyed it. I think he did too. I I heard him laugh. So there's that. Okay, well that's all I need. A few times. Yeah, and um and then uh, yeah the the rest of the evening was interesting. Um, <laughs> We got to reset the days without incident. Well, we didn't. Um, before we get to that, we 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 didn't talk about the the various debates you held. I mean, you were holding court, sir. I I was sitting there in awe of, of your of your proudness when it came to the music, when it came to the well, drink, when it came to uh, matters of Frank Sinatra. Uh, it, was, it was it was oh my gosh, Frank Sinatra. Oh, again with the Frank Sinatra. Oh my gosh. But uh, oh, but no, he, it was. You, you made a little comment about and... Jack Daniels, and it was like we were off on a thirty-minute, you know, rant of of, of uh, Frank and and all things Frank. Oh yeah, oh, and it was gosh. great because you know Dave, the the bartender, was was very knowledgeable about music, about bourbon, about all this stuff. So we were going back and forth, uh, you know, good naturedly ribbing uh, each other, and and then the uh, so the other guys at the bar and, and mumbles uh, with the music up. He's talking to me, and he had obviously been there a lot longer than we had yes and yeah so he's talking to me and i'm catching maybe 50 percent of what he's saying yeah maybe yeah so i'm just kind of like yeah 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 and the whole time thing and like i'm hoping i i really hope I'm, i haven't just agreed to like pull a bank job in, in 30 minutes like i got no idea what the hell <laughs> we're talking Danny about ocean and he's saying are you in or you're out and he's <laughs> yeah, like exactly oh he's in great <laughs> yeah no idea but also like oh. this dude has his like his eyes are just kind of getting wider over the course of the night and i'm like yeah let's you know what let's just get out of here without making mumbles angry and <laughs> and getting into a fight because quite honestly, we don't oh. stand a chance because Mumbles looks like he might he might have just gotten out of lockup like an hour ago. And this was like where he, he got dropped. I um, I just love the fact that every time you tried to like talk about something or make a point, you got three words in and he was already talking over you. <laughs> which made me feel bad because then I'm like, so this is what it's like to be Tim on the podcast. <laughs> Damn it! I owe him so many apologies. <laughs> but oh, uh, man. but yeah, unbeknownst to me, as we're as we're as we're sitting there and we're we're wrapping up the night of this uh, uh, vigorous discussion and, and laughter and, and yes. bourbon, uh, Tim is getting uh, his Fitbit signals that you know, uh, you know, all of a sudden the old ticker is starting to raise. So that's great. I blame Get it out on the hundred twenty-two proof barrel. Is what I blame it on. It, it might have been, might have been. It broke me. Um, but yeah, so then we uh, we had to zip back in the Uber. Meanwhile, I'm thinking, great, I'm gonna we're gonna have to get 
the man they call Tim to the hospital in Denver, uh, and and we're both drunk. This is going to be fan friggin' fantastic. What could possibly go wrong? Oh um, man. So yeah, but that all's well that ends well. Uh, after uh, I'm going to say I'm browbeating him into calling his doctor. Uncle Todd I, was very encouraged. No, I no. saved his life. You I, were I saved the man they call Tim's life, <laughs> ladies Good and gentlemen. Lord. I saved a man's life that night. We well, I done. did not you, perform surgery, but you, I saved learned, a man's life. You learned from from my lessons the following morning because I had to <laughs> I had to teach Uncle Todd about how to frame the narrative, and he and he did beautifully. Yes, you, thank you. Thank you. You did encourage that. me uh, to to chat with the doctor on call. We did, and uh, it wasn't you know, encouraging. I was essentially yelling at you. I'm surprised we didn't get like the owners of trying, the Airbnb. I was trying to explain back. to him uh, the the process under which I've been through many times before. This this was not uh, anything I hadn't already dealt with, and uh, I had the medication with me that I needed to take. And so once I took, uh, w- once the doctor said it was okay to take the med, I took the med, and uh, within about thirty minutes, I was back down to normal again, and just had a good night's sleep. So all was good. Yes. Although I meantime, was debating I'm- about telling you that I was back to normal when it happened. Except for the fact that Uncle Todd had finally drifted off to sleep, and I didn't oh, think no. that was the time I was, to wake him up. <laughs> I was sleeping like a rock. Oh my like gosh! Approximately thirty seconds after I laid down, between <laughs> between like eighteen pounds of Indian food and then like yep. a bottle and a half of bourbon sloshing around in my gut, my body was like, "We go sleepy now." Yes. Like, yes, we do. Yes, you yes, do. Yes, we do. Yes. Yeah, All right. so there, there endeth day one. Oh um, my goodness! And that was like that was over twenty four hours of you being awake, sir. And I applaud oh, you right. for that. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I was up for over twenty four. Boom! That was great. The next morning, woke up, <laughs> and surprisingly, neither one of us like that much the worse for wear. No, which is no incredibly surprising. Absolutely, I, uh, I credit all of the Indian food for like absorbing all of that in my in our guts. Yes, that's what I'm I'm going with. That's um, the story. And then, uh, then what? That was that was the first of of two visits to snooze. Snooze AM, <laughs> the brand Which, that seems to exist everywhere here. in Denver and the surrounding area. Oh God, bless them for that too, including oh, the airport. So good. <laughs> yes, that was that was kind of spooky. What we got there, and I'm like, oh, they're following us. <laughs> um, but yeah, so day of Red Rocks, get up. Uh, a little on the later side. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Go. Oh yeah. Back into Denver for uh, for brunch, which at this point, because we were we were hurtling towards noon. Oh my gosh. By the time we got ourselves in gear, I think by the time uh, we were done, it was like one thirty or two. I mean, it was like yeah, <laughs> days like three quarters over at this point. <laughs> well, it didn't hurt that I got like I got like three breakfast tacos plus a pancake. Oh my god! Um, no, that was no, that was that was the that was the other time. That was day three. That was day three. Yeah, like three breakfast tacos and like coffee and oh yeah, just we we gorged ourselves. And then I had the thirty minute latte. I had my omelet and I had a side (laughs) of bacon. Oh yeah, the, it was a, it's an artisanal uh, latte that apparently like you have to go out and actually like juice the almonds for the almond milk. <laughs> you have to pick the beans, roast them, then you are able uh, to grind them into espresso to make a latte. Indeed. Um, and then uh, then Tim says, "Oh, I need sunscreen." 
for the oh, concert whoa, whoa. tonight. Before we get there, wait a minute. So I finished my breakfast and I'm sitting here and I swear someone from the staff has slid a fourth taco onto your plate because you're still eating your tacos. Because <laughs> I was just talking too much. That's the problem. And I'm like, like you this is like this the never now. ending plate of tacos because I thought you ate all three of them already. <sighs> oh, dude, that's you just like said the magic never ending plate of tacos mm. is like that's a dream come true oh. for me, dude. <laughs> come on now. Tell me. I don't, you know what? I don't fully trust anyone who 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 would not take a never-ending plate of tacos. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I just I I don't think I could trust that person. Got to have for it. anything. Got to have you it. You know. Um but yes, but yeah, we we're so, on a quest for sunscreen. Which we so both of us were were a little foolish on this one uh because I said, "Well, it's not that far. Let's walk." And Tim says, "Okay." And then we proceeded to walk in the in the hellish ninety plus degree temperatures. Oh my god! That were it was like ninety seven out or something. It was crazy hot. Just sweating, having oh, yeah. random people like doing karate on street corners <laughs> and yelling and other things. Sure, everyone suffered from the heat stroke. <laughs> I somebody was, and oh. I mean, it was fifty fifty, really. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so we did that. The sunscreen is funny only because of what happens later in the day, because then we finally we finally get all this taken care of. Get back to the rental car, drive back to the shed. And we're and <laughs> Tim's doing Tim's doing something. He's trying to f- figure out Wi-Fi or something like this. And I'm I'm just like, I'm a I'm a lay down on the couch for a minute. Mm-hmm. I'm just laying there. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I was just about to doze off a couple times. And then Tim would say something to me. I'm like, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Oh, no. And finally, I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'm taking a nap. I was like, dude, I'm laying down for a nap. And you kind of scoffed at me. I like, did. Oh. <laughs> a nap. A weak-willed person. <laughs> uh, who, who would ever need a nap? Approximately eight minutes later, you could hear from the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Tim absolutely out cold like he'd been frozen cryogenically both of us just passed out food coma wake up and oh. I was like alright just about time to drive to Red Rocks ain't it and what was the comment I made to you that was true for both of us which is there and and this isn't this is meant to be a slight against our kids, but it's just in general like trying to mobilize a family quickly to get out the door is a very <laughs> challenging thing. And we set our alarm for like we wanted to leave at four thirty. I think we set it for like four fifteen. But to our credit, we were out the door, Johnny on the spot at four thirty in the car, ready to go. Yep, yep. For the Which tsunami is remarkable. Oh, yeah. So then gosh. we drive up, and I looked at the weather. It's supposed to be a, it's, oh, oh it's a little rain. We get up to Red Rocks. We go up to one of the parking lots. Uh, I think we we missed the one that we were actually going to go to, so we ended up going to like the Upper North Lot or something like that. Well, we took a gam. I, I I had us take a gamble because the Upper North is supposed to fill. Like based on what I found online, the recommendation was don't go there because it fills up quickly. Well, we were there early enough. I figure why don't we try it? If it doesn't work, we can go to the Upper South Lot, and then you know it's the whole idea is that uh, we were trying to minimize the amount of walking we had to do to the venue which those two well, parking lots are two of the closest so minimize the walking but also maximize our chances of getting out without yeah, being right. stuck in traffic for like an hour exactly because we didn't exactly. we had no idea neither one of us had ever been there yeah uh yeah. so we get there we park uh plenty of parking oh yeah we park kind of we park like right near like the exit so we are we're a walk away from the the venue but we are like 
get in the car and you're right there to pull out. Yeah. So yeah. we pull in, we get there, and just as we start to pull in, so there's these people uh, who are working. They looked like probably college students, maybe yeah. high school yeah. students. I don't know. They were wearing ponchos and they had like umbrellas and they're like directing us in because it started to sort of, sort of, uh, you know, trickle a little bit of rain. Mm-hmm. We get parked. The skies freaking opened just pouring down and we're just sitting in the car like alrighty how's this gonna work with the 730 show Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh you know uh much credit to the weather channel man they they got that sucker right like it stopped tailed off got out was like all right within about 20 30 minutes it was back to being hot (laughs) and all the waters dried right up like wow that was quick Yeah. yeah Um, and then we, uh, we got to make our entrance into red rocks, which, um, man, like I said before, if, if you have a chance, it's just an entire experience, just walking up, of course, the stairs to get, to get there. And then just kind of like going through the gate and everything. Oh man, it's just overall, it's a, an amazing experience. You missed a very, very key story though, before we, we walked in. I did. What I miss. Because you're talking about when we actually entered in and we're, you know, we went to get dinner, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So just before that, we had to wait in line for a period of time. And Uncle Todd and I were mm. hungry. We were, you know, we, we uh, talked to this very nice lady uh, who's a volunteer. Uh, yes, friends of uh, friends of Red Rocks, I believe. Friends of the, Red Rocks, and uh, we, you know, we, we weren't quite sure like where the food was and what to do, and she was giving us all this uh, this advice, some of which didn't actually pan out for us. <laughs> but at the end of it, <laughs> she then poses a very interesting statement to us. Ah, yes, yes. You know where I'm going? Uh huh. Yep. Go ahead. She says, "Well, this is nice, father and son." <laughs> To yep. which, to which Uncle Todd and I look at each other, and she kind of knew at that point that something was amiss, and she's like, uh, "Brothers," and I said, "Ah, <laughs> that was a little closer to the mark." I said, "Good friends, good friends," and we had a good laugh, and then we walked away, and you and I looked at each other, and and we we got this exact same response for both our wives when we texted them the story. So which one? So which one did you guys decide was the father? <laughs> Well, Dad, I don't know. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh! So that that yeah, was hysterical. I, that was that was hysterical. Great. And everyone yeah. I've told that story to since I gotten back, I get the same reaction, just and just giddy laughter because it it is just so funny, so funny yeah. to think about. Oh so, my gosh! Doors, gates open. Ah, yes. We go right in because uh, you know I was. Uh, Johnny on the spot buying the ticket, so I had reserved seats. No, so no need to like go down and try uh-huh. and like you know claim the your area. So we we beat feet right for Smash Burger. There's <laughs> a like, mistake hey, I made, but go ahead. We haven't had nearly enough meat yet. I mean, no. come on. No. So went went to Smash Burger uh, once again. Tim is just like, give me all the carbs, all the carbs. <laughs> yes, I want the bun. Yeah, give me a bag of chips. Um, do you have any, you have like wheat germ or something you can sprinkle on there for some more carbs, <laughs> anything like that? I need more. I need more carbs. Oh man. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm still in awe of the fact that you just got a double cheeseburger, uh-huh. not a double bacon cheeseburger as I did. I should have got uh, a double, double freaking. Fin- oh yeah. Cause he wanted, he just wanted four patties. No, no bun or anything. I'm like, 
Yeah, because that's not going to throw your like digestive tract into it. Isn't. A, like, it that is exactly mode. how my my diet okay. is designed. So all right, whatever. Burning so, off cheese and burger and all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. So we did that. Hit the visitor center, which is kind of a cool museum. Yeah, and that all was that cool. Stuff. That was cool. Rushed right through that because it was getting close to to showtime by uh-huh. this time. Uh-huh. So go back up, and one of the things that the the very nice volunteer lady had told us is there's a merch table for the bands at the top of the amphitheater and then there is a there is a merch table for the bands at the bottom down towards the front wow she neglected to say which side it was on so our seats are on the left side Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. I think she. I think the the other merch table was on the bottom right side because there were photos oh. of it. Oh. We, man. however, oh god, on my advice. Uh, you know, we were walking past it, and Tim very rightfully says, "Hey, should we get stuff now?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no. We'll get, we'll hit the one at the bottom. It's right <laughs> where I, you know, down towards where our seats are." Oh god. So we go down like all these rows, like 183 rows or whatever, however many rows there are to Red Rocks. We go all the way down because I managed to score fifth row seats. Which kudos to you, sir. Kudos. Thank you. Thank you. However, that's not what Tim was saying when we got all the way to the bottom and ain't no merch stand down at the bottom. Oh god. It, there's just bathrooms and a couple drink stands and he kind of looks at me and I'm like, "Well, I guess we ought to go back up and get the merch first before the snow starts. <laughs> so we got to climb all 183 rows back up. Oh my all God. The way up the stairs. The, the one positive was the fact that Tim was so out of breath that he couldn't say, I told you so. So that was it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Like I, like the first third, I was like, Oh, this isn't so bad. I've been doing plenty of cardio working out and all that. Second, third, I'm like, all right, you know, it's it is pretty far. By the last like bit, I'm like, oh god, I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) So hit the merch table. Uh, Luckily, there was there was a bit of a line, so I could catch my breath, so I could actually tell the people behind the merch table the stuff that I wanted. Yeah. Otherwise, I would have been just pointing, going. <laughs> you and I both. You and I both, man. You oh came from the gosh. front, did you? Huh? Uh, yeah, yeah. So good lord, oh you, you okay gonna, over there? Give myself asthma just from doing that. That's great. <laughs> I now have emphysema from that joke. I hope you all enjoy it. So get the uh, merch. Head back down to the seats. Yep, and uh, then proceeded to just go through one of the one of the best shows i've ever been to um i've the only other time i've ever had better seats to see tower of power was uh, a couple of years ago i uh pre-covid got a chance to go down to brooklyn bowl in brooklyn new york nice. and was literally first row like arms up on the stage right in front of the horn section wow um that's the only other time i've had better seats than this and and even that this was uh, even more amazing um, just because of the venue, because Red Rocks, I, a couple of people have asked me like what it's like. I'm like, it's like walking into a cathedral, but with a better sound system and beer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just awe inspiring. And you can see the night sky. It's it's just oh, you know, it's, gorgeous. I mean, it's amazing it's in gorgeous. every every respect. Um, and for sound me, sound quality and mix was was like on point. Mm-hmm. It was great. 
Yeah, I was going to say real quick for for me that had to have been the closest I think I've ever really been to the the actual you know to the stage for any sort of musical act that I've seen because I'm not a I'm not typically one that does a lot of concerts but when I do go you know I typically you know settle for you know seats that are not crazy you know in terms of uh, expense or. Uh, yeah, because he's buying for the fam then, not just proximity. his own self. He can't go first class. Hey, he's like, oh, if it's just me. That's what it is. <laughs> you got to have the first class. So I uh, want to make sure I get the hot towel. I want all the stuff. That's right. And, where's my, where's and, my slippers? And so Uncle Todd gave a fine, uh, fantastic birthday gift of uh, a, a fifth row seat, front and center, right there, uh, watching the band. Uh, I do have to ask, were, were you a little perturbed at all by the fact that we got there and we should have had about four seats worth of space and we had yeah. maybe one and a half because some people decided to just kind of jump in and that's like where we were? Well, that's the way it works, man. It's like it's it, there's no actual seats. It's like, okay, there's numbers and it's just it's long benches, man. It's yeah. just it's steps with a bench on it and that's where you're sitting or there's standing. numbers. Respect and when numbers. And numbers. When it's a mass of people, it just starts compressing and, and yeah. you just turn into a blob at some point. And, mm-hmm. you know, there are definitely those folks who go to concerts who, you know, they identify those holes in the in the in the in the crowd and they go for them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, the Tower Power set. Amazing. They did oh the, their gosh. entire set with an orchestra, which I've never heard before. Um, so impressive. Lead singer was impressive. My God. I mean, his yeah. voice was incredible. Yeah. The new guy, which is, uh, he, he was a lot better live than I kind of had anticipated. Mm-hmm. I hadn't, I hadn't watched a whole lot of videos for with him. Uh, he was great. The band was great. Got the um, funky doctor just kind of holding his hands up at one point. The lead singer asked him a question. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah. Doc is, I mean, he's, uh, I'm, I'm so glad he's still going, but man, he yeah. is, um, He's in kind of rough shape these days. I, I, it makes me kind of a little sad to. I'm, yeah. I'm wondering how much longer he's going to actually go out in the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he. I think he still loves music. I think he still loves writing. Uh, but I just. I don't know how much more touring. You know. Yeah. He he can do because yeah. he kind of looked like he was leaning on his mic stand the oh, last couple songs. Yeah. And you know, I mean, yeah. You, That's you a do long that set. I mean, didn't, didn't you say they played for about an hour and a half? close to it yeah i mean it yeah. didn't feel like it but it it was a lot of music yeah oh no and they were and they were so great and the funny funny part is so the entire set was with the orchestra and the the conductor <laughs> of the colorado <laughs> symphony orchestra for the most part i mean they were right on and yeah. he would kind of turn around and he'd be conducting with one hand and looking over his shoulder at the band to make sure he knows what's going on there was there was at least one time he just looked completely flummoxed. Like there was some yeah. sort of mix up about exactly how many times they were going to go around on a solo. They went and off he, script. He literally just kind of shrugged and threw his hands up at one point. I'm like, that's not you, what you usually see from a symphony conductor. Just yeah. going, ah. yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just follow them. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. That's, that was, that was awesome. That got a big chuckle for me when I saw that. I was yep. like, Oh, that's fantastic. Well, um, and, and, and there were other moments, too, where he was, you know, he was definitely kind of trying to, you know, cue them in when he there was some sort of cue he was looking for from either yeah. the lead singer or from like, uh, I believe you said his name was Emilio, you know, like one yeah, of the Emilio lead. Castillo. Yeah. Like, so he was watching him. I, I mean, I was watching him, too, and it was hysterical. He'd watch, watch, he'd get ready. It'd be like, and OK, not yet. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. And then he would finally drop the hammer because it was time. So, man, uh, it is two completely different styles of working. 
Oh, you gosh. know, like yeah. Because when I when I had um, when I had my band, it was a funk and soul band. I did it the old James Brown method. I'd be like, okay, here's the basic outline of the song. And, you know, there's kind of chunks. And you know what? I might call out that we're going to do another solo or might go back to the chorus or this and that. And it would have that flexibility that you could do stuff like that live. Now, I don't, Tower Power is, is very regimented in their arrangements and stuff. But I can imagine if, if something goes a little bit different or if they just kind of decide to change something up and they, they're not thinking like, oh, and the symphony orchestra is with us. You're, you're going to have some miscommunication. There. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. There certainly was at least once, maybe twice. But I mean, at total pros uh, all around, I mean, in, in Tower of Power and in the symphony orchestra. And honestly, if you weren't really like paying close attention to the conductor at that moment, you would have not. You wouldn't have known. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, a, not in the least. Um. So yeah, they were amazing. I could have I could have listened to it for another four or five songs, but you know, uh, that was not to be. Um, very very quick changeover for Lettuce. Essentially, just had to pull all of Tower Power's stuff out of the way and then bring everyone else's stuff forward. Symphony kind of spread out a little bit, um, and then Lettuce Lettuce started off their set with a song that I've never, I've never personally heard them play live. I've seen a couple videos of it. It's one of those things that when you hear it on a record coming out of your speakers, mm-hmm. it's gigantic. Yeah. And I always thought, man, I'd love to hear that. But you worry, like, is it going to come across as this big Yeah. in, in person? And it's a song called the force. And I believe it's the, it's off their crush album. That song leading off Lettuce is set with a symphony orchestra. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was uh, transcendently good. That, I mean, and, and their entire set was with the symphony orchestra was amazing. It, it really, it was impressive to me how well their music translated mm-hmm. to orchestral uh, accompaniment. Yeah. You know, and, and how much it added to it and how, uh, there's one of their songs called Madison Square that has been a favorite of mine for a long time. Used to play it in my band, and I'm listening to it. I'm like, this is a this is a totally different thing. Like they added in this extra string part, and oh, it was gorgeous. But it's still it's still just like kicks so much ass at the same time. It was yeah. this beautiful thing. Oh my gosh! And so I'm I'm sorry. I just completely shot past all of your opinions on Tower of Power because this is your first time seeing them ever in concert. So so let's let's rewind. What what were your first impressions of Tower Power? I'm oh, sorry. um, you know when when they started and um, I I forget the song that they started with. It was like I like your style or yes, yeah, I think so. Um, no, just you know it, it was a great intro by the symphony, and then it just kind of goes into this really you know energetic song, and and I mean it was it was infectious. You, you, you couldn't, if you couldn't get up on your feet, you know, you, you had to have a good health reason not to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and no, I mean, it was just, I was just captivated by the whole thing. I mean, they, they were just so good and, and so fun and just had, you know, um, I think there was one point where the lead singer kind of sat and was playing, uh, uh, just him on keyboard sort of song. And I think that's when we kind of sat yeah. down for a little bit, realized how my, how much my lower back was aching. Um, <laughs> like back um but uh but no i mean you know they came back you know digging on james brown soul vaccination um i mean it was just it was fantastic i and you know 
let's be very transparent here. I am not, I'm a 10th, I'm a hundredth of a fan of, of uncle Todd and, and our, our friend Jim who came on and, and talked about, you know, the, these men have put hours and, and hours of their time in, into their fandom. And I, I am simply along for the ride. So I, but I love the music, you know, the music was fantastic. Um, mm. you know, definitely inspired to get back into, you know, playing my bass a little bit more. Um, although I haven't started, uh, <laughs> I need to get there at some point. Um, but, uh, no, it, it just made me miss playing and, uh, and, and I really, um, just really enjoyed the, you know, the music and, and, and just the show they put on. So, um, and just being so close, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I just, I haven't been that close where I can see their faces and I can see them play and see the emotion. And, you know, like you mentioned with the conductor, I mean, you know, sitting way back up there, you would not have caught that detail, you know, at all. No. And, uh, and so it was just, it was very, just, just a great experience to be able to be like that close and hear them play and see them play. And, you know, uh, and, and just experience it all. So I, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I didn't, you know, some of the songs I, I really didn't know the name of, or like I said, I'm not, I'm not a diehard fan. So I just, I, I didn't pick up on some things, but I, I just appreciated what I heard and it was, uh, it was excellent. And then, uh, and then lettuce was just, uh, I didn't know what to expect from it. I mean, I, I, I think, I think uh, you you had made a recommendation for one of our very early in and other things, and I might have listened to them for a little bit, but really, mm-hmm. really came in with no concept of what they were going to put on, and it was it was really cool. It, it was uh, probably, I mean, w- w- would it be wrong to say that they're just kind of a you know they're they're not top in the sense that they're trying to do top, but they're in the same ballpark of genre and but doing a more modern take, you know I mean? It seemed like yeah. they were leveraging a lot more effects pedals and, you know, oh, bringing, yeah. you know, kind of, I wouldn't call it like an electronic synth sense to their, to their music, but there, there was elements of some of those effects coming in. Um, but, but I really enjoyed the, the, the trumpet player was, was, was keeping it entertaining. He, he was working the oh, crowd. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, I, I, I love the, 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 cape, not the cape, but the long jacket he was wearing was, was a cool mm-hmm. style to it. And, uh, I think he called him Benny, I think is what his yeah, name is. Benny right? Bloom. Benny Bloom. Benny Bloom. But, yeah. you know, he was great work in the crowd, just, you know, kind of getting them fired up and, and just played amazing. Um, saxophone player, I forget his name. Um, Ryan Zoidis. He was amazing as well. I mean, just just great solos and just solid, solid music from these guys. Um, they were, uh, you know, as I, as I told my family as I was showing the uh, pictures to them that I took, I'm like, you're going to notice the there, there's a bit of a fog as we get into these later, yeah. <laughs> later pictures. <laughs> and we were outdoors and there was a breeze, but it was not enough, so... <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple times when, you know, you you had told me like I was trying to wait to catch my breath until the fog had moved, but it didn't. I'm like, yeah. no, that's that's not gonna happen. No. I, think I got no. three different flavors of weed right there. So Yeah. <laughs> you felt like you owed some money to the people around you. Like, I'm sorry, I was coughing <laughs> off of that. Here's a five. Here's a five for you. Oh my gosh. So no, it was but but it was great. I mean, it just instrumental. Um, you know, you know, they had some vocal songs, but a lot of instrumental. And and I I just mm. I I dig that. I just I love um, it was one of the things I always enjoyed, you know, I saw two concerts with Rush and, and I loved watching them play and just the musicianship and everything. And, you know, like I could just look at each one of them and just get something really different from each of them. That was really cool. You know, the bass player, um, I'll let you fill in the name cause I don't know him. Um, but, uh, uh, 
Yeah, uh, Jesus Coombs. Yes, you know, watching the bass player, you know, just I, I mean, make it look effortless. You know, the way he was playing was was just amazing. The guitarist was amazing to watch. The drummer was amazing to watch. You know, um, I'm forgetting that not Neil, what, Nigel, Nigel uh, playing the Nigel uh, Hall, Nigel Hall playing the keyboards and some vocals. He was phenomenal. So, just all around a, a, a solid, just solid outing from them and. And then, you know, the symphony goes off and sorry if I'm jumping ahead, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it back to you to get your thoughts, but. Oh, no, no, no. This is, this is, I'm, I'm curious as how you're going to phrase this one. <laughs> well, so, so, so the symphony exits and Nigel does this announcement and says, Hey, we're going to take a short break, uh, but we'll be back and, and we'll, we'll do some, some music. So I'm getting ready to sit down because my, my, you know, my back and all of a sudden mm-hmm. the band comes out again. And yeah. I think after Nigel a quick, gets on after the, a quick conference. After a quick conference, <laughs> Nigel gets on the mic. He's like, uh, "Apparently, uh, I, I was mistaken. We're we're going to start playing now." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, which was kind of weird because I'm like, I know you guys have played longer than this, and there there's no there's no shifting of anything around. Like, the, yeah, the, the symphony's just walking off. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. So we uh, we were in for a treat there, and uh, and so yeah, we we got another. Gosh, was it another hour and a half because it wasn't it wasn't like a encore or anything. It, it was, was at least an hour of just lettuce. Yeah. 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 And they and they played a ton of stuff off there. The newest album they have is called Unify uh, from 2022 this year, and uh, they played a bunch of stuff off of that, which is. I had no problem with it because, oh my gosh, it's a great album. You ought to go listen to it, download it right now. Um, it's it's a phenomenal album, and they did a ton of stuff off of that. Um, but they also reached back for some older stuff because uh, they played uh, their version of uh, uh, Move On Up, which is ah. an old Curtis Mayfield song that they covered years and years ago. And uh, I don't know how much they've been playing it lately, but they played it with the symphony which was awesome. And then in the middle of it, they, they broke down to just Nigel on piano and vocals. And I, I couldn't tell, I, I want to say that he was doing another Curtis Mayfield song yeah. in the middle of that song. And then they brought it back to move on up, which was just crazy good. Nice. Um, but yeah, that whole thing was, was great. The, the, the like false start and then come back was great. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and just even their set, like they, I, I, I really feel like this lineup of lettuce, cause I've been following them for years, you know, it really just kind of has solidified. Like it really feels mm-hmm. like the band is just like, yes, we know exactly who we are, what we're doing and all that. Um, and the, you know, it's really kind of interesting to me because the, the horn players have more effects pedals, I think, than the guitar player has on stage. Yeah. So Adam, Adam Shmirnoff, uh, Shmeens, he, he actually doesn't seem, he didn't, I don't think he changed guitars once. Seems to have a pretty clean setup. Like there's not a, he has a couple effects, but oh my gosh, like Benny and Ryan have way more effects pedals in front of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious to me. That's like the horn players have, are the ones who are like doing all this heavy lifting. And of course, Nigel's got like the circle of death, you know, with keyboards and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, it's such an incredible band and of course adam deitch i i'm sure i misspelled uh mispronounced his last name because i've heard it pronounced about six different ways and i never know which one so i just go with that one um the drummer is just otherworldly in terms of the beats that he comes up with and the way that he manages to just drive a song without actually 
driving it necessarily. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Just great. Um, yeah, the whole thing was was great. And and again, the sound mix was like for ninety nine percent of the show was was top notch. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is not always the case at concerts because you can go to some shows and it's just like, oh, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that did happen that that seems to happen at a lot of shows is by the time the show is ending, like every fader is just getting pushed up and you get to that point of like, OK, it's now just getting really freaking loud. Like it's just a way to just kind of, I don't know, just bring the audience over the top. But it's like, OK, this is starting to hurt. <laughs> But thankfully, that was like the last like minute and a half of the show. Yeah, for me at least. Yeah, I think it was the last song or two. It just it like, and I said I mentioned this to you in the car on the ride back. Was just like, it just felt like the sound mix was great. And then I don't know if they're just trying to take advantage of everyone's high or what they were doing, but it just like then it got to just an obnoxious like level. Yeah, you know, like and it was yeah. most noticeable with the bass. Not that oh, he yeah, was doing the- anything wrong, but just that the reverberation yeah. of it was just it was just getting to a place that was just not pleasant to listen to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's like all, that's all, that's the sound mix. That's, I don't think that was anything that he was doing on stage. Cause there, there are some like players who are like volume knob jockeys, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. they're always working the volume. Like every time they go to do anything. And aside from like wearing his bass, like, so like like jazzer high oh my gosh like, that was the first thing i said to you i'm like what is up with how high that's right <laughs> well i mean the thing is like that's a that's that's a like that is a kind of a jazzer sort of thing like mm-hmm. that's get you you get up there and you have plenty of control and all that stuff and man i mean it's the exact opposite of like you know the the grunge slash rocker thing where you've got like the bass strap as low as possible. So your, your arm is like almost fully extended to get to the, <laughs> to get to the G string on the bass. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just going to say personally, I like it somewhere in between there. Um, I don't know if I could play up that high. Like I've, I, I might try it this week just for giggles and just to fail miserably. Um, but yeah, oh, but the but aside from that, like he isn't messing around with a lot of stuff. Like he's just very much, you know, in the pocket and just doing his thing and just serving the song and all that. So I don't think it was him like ratcheting up his volume on stage or no, anything. No, no, no. But yeah, it was getting it was getting a little obnoxious. But it was yeah. it was still. Oh my gosh, if that's the one complaint is like the last couple songs got a little loud. Uh, I'll take it. Well, and just and, and it felt like toward the end too, they they were just getting kind of looser and looser with things, you know, like like at one point Benny's just kind of sitting there in the background, and like some guy, like one of their probably group, just uh, you know their their yeah. support, you know, staff or whatever, just kind of wanders on stage and starts playing like you know a tambourine or something. <laughs> it was just yeah, like that was who interesting. Are these people, <laughs> yeah. But hey, it's it was all good. I it, mean, it again, was. it was it was it was it was fun. It was fun. And the music, yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm getting, I'm kind of loading up on, on, you know, their, their past records, you know, as well as, uh, as well as TOP, you know, to listen to that. Cause I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, I'm just like, man, I, I am very thankful, sir. And it's going to come off sound a little mushy when I say this, but I, I am thankful for friends like you who expose me to this sort of music. You know what I mean? Like I don't, I, I don't, I don't wander my, you know, my path does not go in this direction oftentimes of my own free will. So I just kind of appreciate the exposure to it and, uh, uh, and, and getting to, to hear, you know, some, some different quality, quality music. So thank you. Well, you are quite welcome. We're just trying to keep the funk alive. Absolutely. We're just trying to keep the funk alive. 
Um, so then, of course, quick drive back to the shed. And uh, hey, I don't know how our much, location know how, was top notch, sir. Oh, yeah. Like a 15 minute. It was actually probably from the time we walked out of the show. Yeah. 15. I'm going to say, uh, well, I'm just I, like driving time. Yes. I think it, it took us all of tw- five minutes to yeah. get out of the yes. amphitheater. Yes. And that included me stopping to take a picture and and then to drive. <laughs> we we're back like total 20 minutes. Yeah. Like from the last beat it was good show good choice on finding that place because that was like cake getting out of there it was great this is when the shed started um, to grow on us because we, we it was were, we were 15 to 20 from downtown denver we we're 15 to 20 from red rocks it was just like the perfect spot yeah you don't get much better than that mm-hmm. in terms of location so kudos to you for that sir thank you sir uh, i don't think we made it i don't think we made it too late on that night i think we were we retired fairly early well, um, we we were ch- like we were chatting. We were having some of your uh, cookies. Uh, I remember that. Oh yeah, that's right. Thanks, thanks, mom, for the cookies. And then shortly <laughs> after having the cookies, I just remember like just feeling like really t- like I just started crashing. You know what I mean? Like just getting really tired. And it was funny. You were asking me some questions, and I'm literally struggling to answer them in some sort of English verbal understandable, you know, understandable sort of response. I'm like, I just need to go to bed. I, I you know, I wasn't drunk or anything. It was just like, I just like, you know, you just start crashing sometimes. It's like, that's where I was. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Yeah. Well, it happens. It does. Um, it does. And so then, uh, by the way, a quick, not corrections, but additions. So it's Eric Benny Bloom and Eric Jesus Coombs, ah. uh, the uh, trumpet and bass players, respectively. I want to make sure I get all those in there. And his locks were flowing, Jesus's locks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With, the a, with like was the not, tux, a perfect night, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. The weather, even though we had the rain before, I mean, that, would you not say, was probably a perfect evening to be, you know, witnessing an outdoor concert. Oh yeah, it was like seventy degrees. It was nice perfect. and cool, breeze blowing through, plenty of weed smoke. Yeah. <laughs> Considering I'd been in the in the one hundred and fifteen degree furnace that is Arizona before that, and then it was been like consistently Gosh. like ninety mid nineties in Colorado. Oh my goodness! A couple of days before that, yeah, I would I'll take seventy degrees at night. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the next day, we we were like, all right, well we got to check out of the shed. Oh well, this won't take too long. We managed to like finally get ourselves out the door of the shed five minutes before we're supposed to check out of the airbnb after thinking we've got plenty of time yeah we we, we were moving yeah. a little slowly yeah, a little bit yeah it was the the week the the days were catching up with us uh but we managed to get out of there decided all right let's go up to boulder let's go get some breakfast found another snooze another snooze am <laughs> ladies and gentlemen they were like all right hey you know just dance with the one that brung it. Cause that's, that's where my friend took me on Monday when I got into town. So I, oh, I, I went to snooze AM three Dang. times and I regret nothing. Do absolutely do, nothing. Do do they have like a frequent, you know, frequent flyer card or something? Like, should you not have like a breakfast on the house at this point? I should have like, not a gold card, but I should definitely have like a silver <laughs> card at this point, you know? <laughs> Um, got me a got this time I had to change it up because the two previous times I had breakfast tacos I'm like I can't do that three days in in a row here so I had myself a Spuds Deluxe which is like probably four potatoes worth of hash browns with whatever the heck you want on top of them <laughs> oh gosh I forgot about that I just decided to join to join uh, the man they called Tim in the in the carb orgy that he was in <laughs> I was like fine whatever oh. I'm giving up oh, heck with protein. Man. Uh, and, oh. and then I got also an upside down, uh, pineapple 
pancake on mm. the side, which was, oh my gosh, so good. So yeah, I was we are, I was fat and happy. And you got another 30 minute latte because we thought, well, maybe it'll take less I time here. No, it didn't. Oh, that's right. You did because you got, I got another a one second to go. One. At least I wisely so we were got there it at least, for, for the road. So We were there at least an hour. We know that much. But let's be honest. I was being very selfish about your breakfast choice because I was thinking about this. And I'm like, look, if he has those tacos, we have to get to the airport this afternoon. We don't have time for the afternoon nap. So yeah, <laughs> I don't need your thing fun. is <laughs> I could have used another afternoon nap after all the carbs. <laughs> no kidding. And uh, so, yeah, uh, hung around Boulder for a while, which yes, was cool. Did. Yes, we did. Uh, yet another place that we were walking around. And I'm like, I'd love to live here, but there's no way I could afford it. Yeah, <laughs> this I know. is so cool. Way above my price range. Um, but it was a cool, it was a cool town. It, you was. Know, a, it was. Kind of a cool little area. Uh, but we didn't get to stay too long because then it's like, all right, um, time to get us to the airport and return the rental car. Ah, you missed something. I did? You oh, missed yeah. the so engineering had, oh, feat. Oh, my gosh. This was a hassle. So I got a, I got a poster uh, when we were at Red Rocks because I was like, I need a poster to commemorate this. And those posters are really cool. So bought me a poster for the for the low, low price of $40. In my defense, it's a really cool poster. Uh, commemorative, like, Red Rocks theme for Lettuce and Tower of Power. Nice. And, uh, and so they didn't have any tubes or anything that they give you the poster in. They just give you the poster. They got a couple of elastic bands at the show. And that's, I was, like, just nervous the entire show, kind of in the back of my head that someone's going to spill beer on it, step on it, whatever. Managed to get it back unscathed. Then I'm trying to think, how am I going to get this thing back through like airline travel without this getting killed? So I was like, all right, I'll just stop by a Staples. There's got to be, surely there's a Staples or an Office Max or some sort of office store here in Colorado. Found one, got the tube, got a mailing tube. And I was like, all right, well, I'll just, I'll ask someone here for a box cutter because I know that these things come in boxes. Like everything comes in boxes. Yeah. Therefore yeah. you need a cutter to open them. Mm -hmm. So I asked the fine gentleman who's helping me at Staples. Hey, could I just borrow a box cutter for a minute? I just need to hack off the end of this because it's too long and I need it to fit in my suitcase. And the poster is just long enough or, or wide enough, I guess, that it'll fit in the suitcase, but I can't have this like extra three inches of tube on here. Guy looked at me like I was asking him to do like calculus on the spot. Oh yeah, or that I yeah. was I wasn't even wor I wasn't trustworthy enough to hold something that had like a cutting surface. We can't help you, sir. Yeah, like gave me all these different things about oh we can't do this can't do this. Oh, I'm like oh, okay, so this ain't gonna happen. All right, fine. So go outside and thankfully the man they call Tim is prescient enough that when the guy said at. Uh, staples hey there's a home depot across the street maybe you can go over there mm -hmm. and i was like yeah 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 yeah, whatever because i'm just getting ticked at this point because i'm yeah. tired of like you know urkel give me the runaround so go to get in the car the man they call tim says you know are you sure you don't want to go over to home depot and so i'm like all right fine i'll go over to home depot I I trace the line around the thing of exactly how I need. And this is the difference between Staples and Home Depot. I go, I run across the street to Home Depot, go into like the garden center. First guy in an orange, first person in an orange uh, smock that I see. He's on the phone. And he's like, hey, what do you need? It's like, I just need to use your box cutter. I need to hack off the end of this tube. Doesn't even ask any other questions. No thought. Just poof, here you go. 
You know why? So you don't get hacked. Minute and a half. You minute know why and a half. I you? get that done. Hand it back to him. Thanks, your lifesaver. Because he recognizes game. Because he's like, oh, this is a dude who knows a box cutter or two. Because exactly, service merchandise days, my friend. Yep. Yeah, you 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 know game knows game. He's mm. like, oh, this is a man who knows. He can be trusted with a box cutter. And the only problem was it was one of those like safety box cutters. So you don't get the entire blade. You get like a quarter inch of, of razor blade, which I'm like, oh, okay, this I can make it work. Almost sliced my thumb like three times, but still uh, <laughs> managed to get out unscathed. <laughs> get the, get the poster back in the tube. We're yep. off to the airport. Off we go. Off. Now we go. this is where we should have coordinated a little bit better. So the man they call Tim was flying out at what, like 7.30, 7.15, something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. My flight was at 11.40 p.m. Which I felt so bad about. About 40, uh, 40, about four hours difference. Mm-hmm. But since I'm the ride, we have to get to the airport early, you know, rental car, make sure we all get through security. And that way, the man they call Tim can can get you know through with enough time to make sure that he's there. And also so that we can then have like three more bourbons at the bar together before his plane gets called which he doesn't have to rush towards because he's in first class that's right so they can hold this it's like a little velvet rope around his friggin' seat so he doesn't have to worry about anything glorious yeah and so uh (laughs) we we sit and reminisce have our bourbons and uh and tim goes off and uh and heads off idiots depart we go our separate ways um and then I had to go from uh, Terminal B, which was which was you know pretty nice, to Terminal C, which was like the third world country of JetBlue. Um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Although the funny part was like the JetBlue half of it was kind of like on the more threadbare side, had not been updated a lot. Oh dear. If you go the other direction, like the entire Southwest Terminal looks like an Apple store. Like oh, it's wow. brand new. Everything is like white kind of walls and tables mm. and all this. Like it is. It looks like a freaking Apple store. I'm like. This does not make sense. Like, I don't think Southwest and think like uppity. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so I've got plenty of time. So I'm texting and blah, blah, blah. And I'm already trying to just kind of get my head around the fact I'm going to be spending like the next four hours sitting in an airport terminal. Mm-hmm. No, actually, it's like four and a half, five hours at this point because you hadn't even you're still like on the ground. Mm-hmm. And then this jackhole here. What? Uh, texts me and is like. They don't even have any video on my flight. I'm like, oh, <laughs> he's already got him. Like he's, they're asking him what he wants for his meal. I'm like, your flight's like an hour and a half. Why do you even get a meal? Like I barely got a pack of like popcorn tossed at me, you know, <laughs> on my flight. And so he's, oh, he's getting a meal and now he's like, oh, there's no video. I'm like, well, perhaps, you know, the, the, the flight crew will act out some Hamlet for you and your other first class cronies. Well, my last Jeez. flight did. I was just trying to figure out why not this one. Yeah, I know. Excuse me, I'm not used to this sort of traveling. Uh, be a go, be a deer, and go back there and rip an iPad out of one of those unwashed Love it. ruffians uh, there and coach. Where's and bring my it to me, will you? The next generation. I want to see Jean Luc while I fly. <laughs> yeah, JL. Um, Good old JL. So, oh man. So he's texting me about this. I'm like, oh, poor baby. Yeah, as I'm sitting there, like next to three people with a cough and five kids that are like smacking me in the back of the head with a wiffle ball bat. I'm like, that's yeah. Oh, yep. I'm so feel so bad for you. Um, and then as I'm, t- as I'm kind of texting, 
I get the the notice that oh your flight has been delayed. Oh goody! Until when? One a.m. Oh perfect. So this is what happens, folks. In the time that I'm sitting in the terminal, <laughs> Tim's flight takes off. He has his meal. I'm sure a Which couple wasn't of scenes my Mediterranean from- bowl, by the way. I had to settle for a burger. Oh my god! I settled for a burger. Yeah, a burger. And wow. like a chocolate chip cookie brownie sort of thing. It was quite tasty. Yep. And once again, what did I get? I got some pop, some of those pop triangles <laughs> and seltzer that was warm. Um, <laughs> Gosh. Oh. I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure the flight attendant put it in his armpit on the way to bring it to me. <laughs> just, to, just to make sure oh, it wasn't gosh. pleasant. Um, uh, that being said, no, actually, the, the folks on JetBlue were very nice. And, and it, it was, you know, it was nice. But that's good. The, uh, you know, so he, he takes off, gets his midair meal, a couple of scenes from King Lear, I'm sure, and then lands. I'm still sitting in the same seat I've been in in the terminal and i'm like oh wow that's nice you're that's great you landed terrific Mm -hmm. just sitting here trying to avoid the wiffle ball bat trying (laughs) to stay sane and uh then he's like oh i'm gonna go catch my my cab or my uber or whatever the hell it is and um then i started getting an increasingly frantic text from him (laughs) from the back seat of that car which which were not spelled the right way because my fingers which were just like running all over the keyboard because of how this maniac was driving it was great i was like oh it's the relative of the guy that took us to denver sweet <laughs> oh, oh I, I got to admit i did take a little bit of joy in that, that I you were you getting did. the wit scared out of you but I yet still by the time i boarded my flight Tim had was just walking through his door from Denver to Chicago. He's walking through his door. I'm finally just getting onto the plane, which was great. Uh, I yeah, that was terrific. Sorry. Um, two and a half. Well, no, it was uh, three and a half hours mm. later. Uh, land in in Boston, Massachusetts, from where I am going to bus back to Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, I was hoping for a better experience than I had on the way down to the airport on the bus. And? Uh, because um, on the way down, uh, there was a, a woman on the bus, a young woman who was going to Ireland. And she was a student in Ireland, had been a student in Ireland for a couple of years now, was going to college in Ireland and knew a lot about Ireland. I know all of this not because I struck up a conversation with her, but because she wouldn't shut her yap at full fracking volume for the entire two-hour trip from Portland, Maine to Logan International Airport. (laughs) So. How you doing? That was nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So on the way back, I was Mm. like, okay, well, hopefully it's going to be better than that. Well, first of all, I had to stand outside uh, ground transportation at Logan Airport, which uh, if anyone will tell you, it it is it is the place where you go to question your choices in life. Really? <laughs> oh, gosh. It's, it's like the least welcoming, least scenic, least uh, like comfortable place this side of like the DMV late in the day on before a long weekend. You know, it's it's just not a great place. So I was standing there forever waiting for the bus, get on the bus. It is 
uh, like JR, good old JR used to say, it was a butt every 14 inches. Like there's not a spot around. Mm. And uh, I'm like wedged in next to this person. I'm like deliriously tired because I've slept two hours um, and driving up there and everyone's sweating. Everyone's upset, um, which was the best part about being back in Boston because I was standing outside there and this old couple went by and they were cussing at each other, like openly, like just ripping each other a new one with, with like thick Boston accents. And I'm like, then off, off to the other side of me, I hear honking horns and a steady buzz of construction. I'm like, ah, must be Boston. Um, (laughs) it's lovely that and exhaust fumes oh i'm glad to be back um but yeah made it back to portland and uh then my my lovely wife the 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 wonderful uh mrs uncle todd was uh kind enough to make me breakfast what did she make me for, for breakfast you might ask breakfast tacos ladies and gentlemen there we have it we've come full circle I know. And you know what? I ain't mad. I was, oh, I, I tore those things apart and I was back in, I was in bed and napped Napville for like a good couple hours that day. <laughs> I was oh, just, I bet I was incapacitated, but it was great. It was a, it was a very fun trip. Uh, thoroughly it's enjoyed like myself. Kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dude. A nap. Oh no, the tacos. I'm saying it's like you oh, have those tacos, tacos yeah. and it just like puts you in a in a sleepy state. <laughs> well, you know what? If that's the price I got to pay, that's the price I got to pay. Yeah, um, it was a wonderful aside, trip. Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that uh, everything got, did get derailed, it would have been lovely if my uh, my my dear friend Carrie had been able to go to the the concert with mm-hmm. her husband. Um, I guess when I'm saying it was a, it was a great trip, it was like well. Aside from that, you know, aside the fact that we did the best that we could after that to kind of adjust yeah um but it was uh, great to have uh, your your esteemed company and guidance uh and your ninja like travel skills uh at hand thank you that was helpful and uh overall yeah uh like i said 12 out of 10 would recommend um ground transportation at logan give that about a four out of ten <laughs> i was gonna say negative 12 out of 10 <laughs> jet jet blue overall good experience i mean no first class but you know i mean it was it's a good flight smooth flight you know nice folks um except for except for just having to wait a long time that yeah. kind of sucked but, yeah you know that's kind of the way that air flight works but first uh, class overall, 10 out of 10 uh, you know what you just had to get that last dig in didn't you that's right that's right <sighs> but um oh by the way uh so what the crap is going oh man the fire truck patrick what happened patrick did you set that dumpster on fire next door again? The fire trucks just went by. It wasn't you, Patrick. Are you at uh, HQ? Look, look me in the eye. Look me in the eye. He must be an HQ if he's talking to Patrick. Okay, he says he didn't set the the dumpster on fire, so I'm gonna I'm gonna believe you. Are you at HQ? Yes. Ah. What? Not that dumpster. Which dumpster did you set on fire? Oh, gosh. Go hide in the closet again. You know they're going to be here to ask. <laughs> oh, gosh. They know your routine. Just like go how, hide in the closet. I like how you have an established protocol with him. Get in the closet. <laughs> gosh, I'm telling you, dude. I, can't, I can only take so much. I can only take so much more. I had to, I had to record here at, at, at the HQ because... 
I, I like if I'm gonna, I, I couldn't lock myself out on the the sweaty sun porch tonight. Uh, yeah. I just couldn't do it. I yeah. was like, I'll, I'll, I'll spring for the gas for the drive, drive there and back. Uh, but I forgot to mention for all of our Tom Cruise listeners, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, there we go. Here's our Tom Cruise news for the episode. Tom Cruise is now the highest paid Hollywood actor. He made approximately, or is expected to make about $100 million Jeez. off of Top Gun Maverick. Wow. Between his, uh, between his cut as a upfront pay as an actor, plus the cut he gets as a producer, then all of the back end, like streaming, rentals, all of that stuff, it's estimated to be about $100 million. That is crazy. Maverick's made $1.2 billion dollars worldwide first paramount movie ever to cross the one billion mark jeez yeah who would have thought who would have thought it's alien powers man alien powers and we're just riding that coattails 600 and what was it 51 downloads yeah well what else we gonna do ride vince's coattails can't do that no more it's like a slime trail and another thing so, what have you got for and another thing this week? Well, my and another thing uh, is a show that my wife and I have uh, recently wrapped up watching uh, the first two seasons, or the only two seasons of uh, season three is in the offing, from my from what I understand, uh, is the morning show on Apple TV Plus, uh, starring Jennifer Aniston, uh, Steve Carell, and a host of others. Uh, it isn't, is, uh, isn't Reese with Witherspoon in that thing too? Yes. Thank you. Reese Witherspoon. Okay. And then, uh, there's another gentleman who's famous actor whose name is escaping me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, as is my off, you know, as often the case with me, I did not do my research. So, uh, I look foolish, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, great show. Uh, I would recommend checking it out. It is a, a story, uh, based around a, a TV morning show. And, and, and I love the fact that it kicks off with, um, you know, really right from the get go, it, it kicks off with kind of a scandal that kind of launch. It's a catalyst that launches into everything else that happens across, uh, the first two seasons and, uh, and just the ripple effect of all of it, but, but really enjoyed, uh, you know, the story, um, which which takes a bit of a focus and and you know especially in season one you know looking at uh you know kind of the world through the female perspective a bit and and kind of you know putting a shining a light on on the challenges and uh you know it's all fictional but it's it, it is you know shining light on on i believe real challenges that are faced uh you know when, when you're kind of put into certain situations and um and so i think they they do a really artful way of kind of you know, telling those stories and, and bringing them to light through, uh, you know, the main narrative of, of this kind of scandal that rocks, you know, the, the, uh, the show and rocks the, uh, the network that the show is on. And so, um, so yeah, I, I would just highly recommend it if you haven't seen it. I mean, you know, once again, a little bit behind the times, not 10 years, maybe two, <laughs> but, uh, but I would definitely check it out. Uh, it is the morning show on Apple TV plus, and it is, uh, it's really good. So, check it out very nice very nice what about you sir well i'm gonna go with a book that i has been on my to read list i've i think i might have gotten this one from tim ferris but it could have been any number of uh 
of folks out there because I've started, and I would recommend this hack to anybody. I've started uh, with a note in my uh, on my phone. I just have a to read list app, uh, note on the app, and I kind of just whenever I'm getting short on books or if I'm at a library or if I'm at a used bookstore or something like that, I take that out and I see if I can find anything. And this was on that list. And so kind of on a little book buying spree a little while back, kind of looking forward to this trip, uh, I, I purchased this book and nice. it's called Reincarnation Blues by Michael Poor. And um, this is a crazy ride. Mm. It really is interesting. And it, it's so funny because I, I don't think I actually read any of this description um, that I'm, I'm kind of jaunting through right now. And I'm realizing just how much in the wheelhouse this is for me, <laughs> because it's a, uh, it's uh, one of the reviews says tales of gods and men akin to Neil Gaiman's Sandman as penned by a kindred spirit of Douglas Adams. And there's two of my binkies right there. And then uh, this book made me laugh out loud. This book made me laugh out loud. And then a page later, it made me sob reminiscent of Tom Robbins and Christopher Moore or finds humor in the dark absurdities of life. Uh, Tom Robbins is another one of my binkies. So this is like right in my wheelhouse. Um, nice. I'm just going to give you kind of like the tagline because I don't want to spoil anything that there is a, there's a little bit in the description that will kind of push you into the story a little bit sooner. I would actually recommend just getting this book and diving into it. Uh, but it's, the kind of quick description is a wildly imaginative novel about <laughs> a wildly imaginative novel about a man who is reincarnated over 10,000 lifetimes to be with his one true love, death herself. Interesting. And it goes all over the place. And it is, it, there's parts in it that are, are uproariously funny. And there's also parts that will just like, just tug on your heartstrings and there's parts that are kind of disturbing too. Like it, yeah. it covers the gamut, but it is so well-written, nice. so well-crafted and, and really does, you know, there's a lot of strings that get pulled and they all kind of get tied up at the end in a very artful way. Um, nice. So I would highly recommend uh, folks to give this a read, uh, reincarnation blues. Very cool. Well, folks, we do certainly appreciate you all tuning in. Once again, it is time for us to bid farewell to all the members of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation. Thank you for listening to our travel log of idiocy and also for our complete just like BSing about professional wrestling and fantasy booking stuff that will never happen. If you're still around, by God, buy yourself a drink on us, uh, please, uh, which is really essentially equates to buy your own because uh, you have no way of getting money from us because we don't make any money off of this. <laughs> uh, the joke's on all of us. So, But thank you all very much. Uh, we do appreciate all the members of the Free Range EDC congregation. If you have not yet joined the congregation, it's very simple. All you have to do is to follow our podcast. Subscribe. Yes, that's what it's all about. Smash that subscribe button wherever it might be or, you know, click it whatever whatever works for you we're not here to advocate violence against subscribe buttons that's just not our thing uh we are all about empire empowering uh subscribe where the hell am i going with this um but you just can subscribe to the podcast that's what you gotta do so you find us at uh, freerangeedc.com that'll take you right to our podbean page you can subscribe to the podbean app you can download all of our episodes right there you can also find us on google Podcasts, spotify apple Podcasts. we are also on iHeartRadio. Uh, Alexa, whole bunch of others. Chances are, if you search for free range EDC, you're going to find us. 
Um, if not, I want you to send an, uh, an email to Tim at freerangeadc.com. He'll and I'll let him know which podcast purveyor that you would like to find us on. I'll see about hooking that up for you. Also, if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, or suggestions for shows, hell, even offers of outright bribery, send those to Tim at freerangeedc.com. If you want to let Tim know that he is just out and out bougie and that he needs to sit back with the people in coach rather than riding in first class, I want you to send that to Tim at freerangeedc.com. Uh, you can also like us on the social medias. We are on the Twitter. We are on the Facebook. We are on the Instagram. All of those are at Free Range Idiocy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the portion of the show where I stop flapping my gums, but not before. And oh my gosh, is this ever prescient for this show as it has ever been in a, any other show? Not before I ask the second most important question ever asked by humankind. The first, of course, being... What is hip? Thank you. The second being, the hell did we learn this episode? Uh, we learned the following, my friend. Ah, good. We've learned that Uncle Todd is looking forward to the fantasy booked Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho crossover promotion of Doom. <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd buy the snot out of that. Are you kidding? It's never going to happen, but oh my gosh, that'd be awesome. Oh, he's looking forward to it now that we talked about it. Uh, we've also learned, uh, ding dong, Vince is gone. Uh, new management may mean new <laughs> approaches to the WWE and the content they produce. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes in the next six months. We shall see. Might even mean we go back to watching pay-per-views and doing our old pay-per-view episodes because we might actually be able to tolerate things again. <laughs> could be. Or it could just be the Triple H Reign of Terror Part 2. Indeed. Uh... We have also learned Red Rocks is a, a definite destination venue to take in a show. Uh, highly recommended mm-hmm. by, by both of us idiots uh, on this show. So do, if you have an opportunity, do check it out. It is amazing, wonderful, and is uh, just fantastic. Uh, had a wonderful time. Uh, took in a you know f- phenomenal music. So, so do check it out if you can. Uh, We've also learned uh, T.O.P., Tower of Power, and Lettuce uh, brought the funk, and they brought it big time. So uh, if you have an opportunity to see either of those bands in your local area, do check it out. Uh, yes, indeed. We have also learned the man they call Tim is a uh, maven for first class. So uh, just, you know, highly recommended if you can swing it. So Yeah, when it's all by himself, yeah, he goes first class. When it's going to be someone else staying with him, where's a good shed? <laughs> Ain't got a shed I can stay in. <laughs> Tim and his family, like, oh, don't give me the, don't give me the close-up tickets. Give me the ones that are back there for like five bucks a piece. I was gonna get to that. That you know, one other thing we've learned is the man they called him should not select the Airbnb. <laughs> My goodness, great location, but a shed nonetheless. Ah, uh, yes. And well, finally, as we all know, oh, shed happens. That is true. That is true. Uh, we've also learned that uh, breakfast tacos, uh, if, if you ever need to get, you, you know, lull Uncle Todd in, into sleep, you know, if you need to rob him or anything like that, just give him breakfast tacos. He goes out within an hour. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> Love me some breakfast tacos. Oh, I'm, my gosh. I, fit, I just ate a, a full meal not that long ago, and right now I'm thinking, you know, I, I, could, I still got time to run to the store and get some tortillas. I can make those tonight. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. I know, but uh, it's good, man. We have also learned uh, the, the Whiskey Bar. Uh, if, if you're ever in Denver, check it out. Good place. Dave won't do you wrong, so do check it out. Tell him the idiot sent you. Indeed. Indeed. 
And finally, not, not something we've learned, but just in general, a big thank you to Uncle Todd for the, uh, the motivation, inspiration, uh, the, the gifting of a ticket uh, to go see uh, such a great show. Very much appreciate it. Had a wonderful time. Uh, it was great hanging out. It was great uh, breaking bread and, and chatting and, and just getting some time to, to kind of te- you know talk and, and, and discuss life. So it was a very good trip. Enjoyed it. And uh, again, highly would recommend Red Rocks. Uh, if you have not been, just go to the match table at the top. That's right. Beware. Make sure you brought everything before you descend those steps, because let me tell you, the climb back is something else. Let me tell you. I think I'm still recovering yep. from it. <laughs> oh, with all that being said, uh, we thank you. Uh, as Uncle Todd has already covered, we thank you for the listenership. Thank you for the downloads. Uh, and as we like to close things out, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And well, as we've already said, because uh, what is hip is the most important question. Uh, do uh, please remember to hit the lights on the way out because we just can't seem to remember to save our lives. It's like I took the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? Damn! You are such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. <laughs> Get out, and don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. Patrick, no, uh, they haven't come by. They're coming soon, though. Yeah, just get back in there, man. You know, you know, I, I don't want you to get dragged off to the with the popo. All right. <laughs> they aren't coming. I just need a little quiet around here. That's all. Uh, that's what you do, huh? Kind of threaten them with the fire fire department and then toss them into a closet, huh? Well, yeah. Is, 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 is that considered the Uncle Todd sanity protocol? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now get the hell out of here! <laughs>